Blah, blah, blah. I just stuttered right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Salutations, everyone. It is Maddie here today with episode 190 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Oh, man, did I miss hearing that. Carrick, I had to do this last week by myself, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, but it went well. You it got it go done. Well. I, yeah, it, you got it done. So it's like, you don't need me. Aww. And then yesterday, yesterday I was in your Discord, and I was like, well, Maddie's podcast on Friday. I said it like 11 times, and then I was like, dot, dot, dot. I was like, I keep forgetting that, like, and I, I go, I was, I was like, I feel mad for Maddie because he's probably like, yeah, Carrick doesn't really. I don't. I always forget it. Other than inviting like a guest here and there and finding. <laughs> a, I always. I always feel like. I mean, you've never made me feel like an interloper, but I always, for some reason, I I just forget. Well, that you're shit. you're very you're overly polite for for me. You're like, <laughs> hey man, like I know it's your show. I'm like, dude, you're like a, a bit of host for like a fucking. It's year hard now. to remember though, but it's like <laughs> I don't know why. It feels like you guys have been going for like eight thousand years. Yeah, I don't know why, but your I mean, podcast is. We've been going since. Fuck, when did Lone and I start? Oh, man, I got to look this one up. It's been four or five, right? I want to say or three five, or four. five years. Hold on, I'm going to go five to years. my playlist right now for the podcast, and I will find out for us in just a moment here. Because I know it's been an insane amount of time. Yeah, like, I mean, 190, bro. That That's crazy to me. We, we, and did you start out doing... Friday, 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 or did you guys actually do one and then wait a little while and do so? Those first months were. I think were more we actually out. got off on a schedule. I, Friday, we did, I think it used to be another day, but uh, with alone the times were always different. Uh, sometimes right, we had to right. record at six or nine. I'm looking right now. Our first episode was called Fallout Four Bethesda E3 Discussion. Ham Radio Podcast, episode one, February 15th, 2015. Holy crap. As we record this episode, it is our four-year anniversary. It is our four-year. I was just go, doing the wow. math going, is that three or four? That's awesome. Wow. That is great. That we should have special. fucking. Yeah, but you know what? what, what hold on. Bones. What's great is actually that Kiki Wonka, a, a guy who does a lot of art for my channel and stuff, um, I'll send you the picture right now over Twitter. He had made us a brand new Ham Radio Podcast thumbnail oh, cool. logo which uh is now going to be used to help viewers on youtube identify uh when we post a podcast because we, we i have this whole new thumbnail layout for my channel um that i uh changed to about a week or two ago i'd say yeah, at this point and they uh, look good you're talking you. about the jade like the the first one i saw was the jade empire one right yeah those 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 nailed it man yeah those like really really work that's why i love kiki because i can tell him hey man i i want a thumbnail that sticks out but isn't overly clickbaity. Like, I just want to be able to fit a logo, a picture on the right, some text that describes what I'm talking about, and, right. and go from there. And and he just – I'm able to give him, like, little detail, and he he goes crazy with it. So, like, here, I'm sending you the, the thumbnail right now, like a mock thumbnail. Uh, I freaking love it uh, because we're able oh, to change the colors. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, right? So um, that that's kind of what we're, we're working with now. Um, so that's, I guess, a cool way to celebrate. We're, we're more so, I'd say, looking to celebrate uh, on episode 200, that kind of milestone. But uh, to those of you who yeah. stuck through four years of this podcast, thank you so much. That is yeah, for that sure. is wild to think about. I was actually talking on stream on how I want to personally make one of my, I'd call it short-term goals, pushing for more guests. Because um, yeah. a lot of people always go, I remember this interview and this guest. And, and, and people refer to like our Rick interview from Warhorse or yeah. uh, Tom Taylorson. And those were good ones. But I feel like, you know, one thing that was a big staple of our first two years was getting guests on 
pretty frequently, at least monthly. So uh, that falls under my lap, I feel, a lot of the time, and I, I got to step that up. So that's one thing people can count on now. I'm going to start pushing for that. Anyway. Very uh, cool. As always, if you'd like to support the show, you can flick a buck. Flick a buck. And if you do so, you can get early access to this show. You can get Patreon-exclusive videos, Discord access. Um, you'll be listed in the credits of certain videos that we may or may not be working on right now. And so on. So do keep that in mind if you consider signing up. And I hope to see you there and chatting with you in the Discord. Now we move on to a very, very exciting week of news. Oh, man. Well, there's one sad bit, but we'll talk about that at the end. For now. <laughs> one sad bit. Mm-hmm. For now, we're going to go through all the Nintendo Direct announcements. I know a lot of podcasts have already highlighted this, but Carrick and I got to give our hot take. Sorry, you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, let's start off with Super Mario Maker 2. Do you care at all about Mario Maker? Now. <laughs> now you do. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't... I, I believe that's 3DS and Wii U, right? Yes. Uh, number one. Yeah, so I did not have a Wii U. I Whoops. My Sorry about that. I did not have a Wii U. I swear to God, it's like fucking clockwork. <laughs> um... I did not have a Wii U, I did not have a 3DS, and right. then I saw this, and I certainly, especially with Media Molecule doing their things with um, their different company doing, they did something on PS3, now on PS4 they have, uh, Dreams. what's the name, Dreams, Xbox for a while did Spark, I'm into those things now, and so that was actually one of the more interesting mm. games that I saw in the Direct, because right. that kind of stuff means forever content. Like, there's right, not, right, right. you don't have to worry about the company ever being around because people could just make the content. I think the key think to these awesome. types of games is accessibility because there's games like Project Spark, which I picked up. I remember I got it for Christmas and I tried it and I did mm-hmm. not connect with it. Part of it yeah, was complexity, uh, but it also just it didn't feel as accessible for someone like me who is not a game developer. Uh, right. I, I just don't have that mind. Whereas uh, Drawn to Life, I don't know if you remember those games on the on the DS, like, you, you know, you'd get to a certain part in level and they'd be like, Draw a, a super powerful weapon that you want to use to destroy your foes with, and you, you watch could, watch let's plays. Y- of them, yeah, yeah, you could you could draw from a sword to a fucking dick if you wanted to, and run around, and, and your character's just holding the weapon you drew. Um, and I, I love that type of game because I think it's accessible, easy to understand, and that's kind of what Mario Maker right. says to me. I don't know if I care about Mario enough to hop into Mario Maker Two. We'll have to see um, what customization off- is offered there. But uh, I, I I like what I saw in the terms of UI. Um, everything is kind of like perfectly described to you just by looking at it. Like you look at it and you get it. And I think that's what's one of its strongest things. Apparently the game was a success, the first one. And so if that was a success, then I imagine on the Switch, a sequel, which seems to also have co-op based off the cover, uh, where it has Mario and Luigi, that, uh, th- this game's probably going to rocket off the shelves, I feel. I actually really liked what they even showed just in the trailer. Like, mm-hmm. they showed the bell, and somebody he was moving a bell up and down, and I was just, like, thinking about all these different things. You, well, of course, understanding right. how much it allows you to do. But what it looked like it would allow you to do would be some crazy stuff. And with Mario Maker, if that if I'm remembering right, that's the one that a lot of Twitch streamers were doing, like, um, quick play, not quick plays, uh, speed runs of different oh, really? people's levels. Yeah, and they were pretty crazy. And so to me, and it might even have been Let's Plays on YouTube because that would have been a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But to me, that kind of stuff is awesome. Like, wow. I'm super excited for that kind of thing. I don't think I'll know how to do anything. I, like, I don't know if that's going to speak yeah. to me. I, I feel like I haven't played enough old school Mario. Like, I, I played the Deluxe on my Game Boy Color. I played 2, 3 uh, growing up. 
but they weren't like, oh my god, these are my favorite games of all time, these are the best games of all time, where, like, I understand the fundamentals of a Mario level that makes me right. want to build my own. This would be the type of game that I honestly buy to play other people's excellent levels that feel like they were made by developers. I've always found that fascinating, personally. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, by seeing this, how... It's a weird connection, but how Dreams will be... Uh, will, will Dreams offer the same type of uh, accessibility off the bat? Because, I mean, they're, they're, people are making some crazy things with that. We saw, the, like, the first level of Dead Space 1 already remade from Dreams. PT. Insanity. Did you see that? Yes, that too. See? That shit looks amazing. It. How? Either do I. <laughs> so here's the thing that confuses me, though, Maddie. I do not believe... Um, I did DM one of the makers of one of the better levels, and I asked him how long it took, and it seemed like it took a long time. That's the one problem I can see, especially PT. If you look at that, that is crazy. Now, if you can make that in a couple days, yeah, if a couple days, solid days, then you're talking about something that might change the industry. Like, honestly, and what I mean by changing the industry, I was just trying to move this to see if I could get the green screen to go away. <laughs> um, if, if, you, if you're looking at, like, how it was made and it takes a few days, the reason why I say it might change the industry is it might make people like ourselves where we're all, man, I'd like to make this game. Mm. What if, you know, I think the only problem is, though, Maddie, is IPs, right? You know, somebody's, mm -hmm. I'm going to make a No One Lives Forever 3 game and somebody's going to come down on me like a ton of bricks because it's an IP. Like, I think that's going to be the sure. big thing is IP because that looked amazing. The PT level, Dead Space, they made Dead Space where you walk out into that spaceship at the mm -hmm. starting I wonder what companies are going to do. Like, that's the only thing I'm worried about. I agree. Because, like, how does how does Dreams market itself off of people creating other games, right? How does it create yeah. its own identity? Um, that, that'll that be interesting to see. I'd never considered that. Uh, next, want, what's up? I was just going to say, you want to see something crazy that I don't know how it exists. It's called Tabletop Simulator. You ever heard of that? Right. Yeah, yeah, because he told me your patrons use that. A lot. Oh, oh, did I tell? Yeah, my patrons use it all the time, and I, I simply do not know how it exists because it quite literally takes games and makes any board game available on computer and Games Workshop in particular as IP. Uh, they're very sue happy, which is fine. That's their IP. They should protect their IP, but um, they have not gone after all of those, and so I wonder. If they think, listen, they're not making as good a stuff as we can make, but they're still going to cause people to be interested in our stuff. Right. It'll be the big test for, like, let's say, Dreams is, does somebody make a Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine running around shooting people? And then what does Games Workshop do? And then I think that'll start the... You know, it's funny you say that. It like, reminds me of, uh, actually, the, the card game that myself and Takedown play, Dragon Ball. Um, mm -hmm. It's only a physical game. There is no digital version. And the only semblance of a digital version is on this site called Untap. Um, uh -huh. and, and you sign in. It's very finicky. You you create your deck through taking pictures of the cards and, and pretty much like stacking them all together oh, and digitally gotcha. adding them together. Um, and it's a really truncated, strange way of playing the game. But you can play against other people online. And there are people who like to practice by doing that because you know, some people will just play against themselves just to get a feel for their own deck. And some right. people will will just get friends together. Some people don't have friends to get together. And I think, especially like uh, Bandai Namco, who, who runs this whole card game, uh, sees something like that. And number one, the player base is so small, I don't think it, it hurts them. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like you said, it, it pulls people into that. It gets people interested, or it keeps people interested. It's a gateway, and right? So, yeah, and so they keep it. They're like, all right, we, we do this so much better. 
and they they have an app that helps you learn the game and teaches you all the new mechanics as new sets come out. Um, so I think their their version makes more sense if you're a beginner. So to them, I think it's they respond properly. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I hope they continue to because mm. especially the one thing I'm worried about is, and I don't agree with this, and I know most people think I'm wrong, but like Carlton um, suing Fortnite for stealing his right. dance. Um, so I don't know if you can fucking patent a dance, but whatever, especially somebody who's admitted that dance wasn't his and there's video proof of that. What I'm worried about is, is, is a company coming down on somebody and then everybody being worried mm. making these things. Like, that's what I'm, I'm hoping doesn't happen. Gotcha. Because, like, Dragon Ball, I, I think they look... Yeah, they. I'm sure they've looked at it, right? Somebody's told I, them. I feel like they had to have. Yeah, somebody's been like, hey, guys, and they looked at it, and like we said, they probably were all, okay, listen, we're, we're better than this. Or they even thought, hey, it's got some good ideas. Let's maybe look at the future doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if it was great, we might have the same issue we had with Star Wars, that uh, thing you covered, the mod. Remi- the yeah, a, it starts with an A. Apparently, yeah. A pair on, yeah. which I don't want. I I, I, I would agree. like. I, I wish come. If if you're not, you know, I understand why they're doing it. I understand why they're protecting their IP, but I wish. I wish they were a little less protective in some cases. Yeah, like reasonably protective. Like yeah, hey, reasonably. This is, protective. this is not going to damage us. Hey, this is or like not just one blanket rule. Like all all fall under that. Or maybe have a common uh, IP allowance, mm-hmm. like where you're all, okay, we've looked at what you're doing, and we're going to allow you to use the IP for what you're doing, nothing else. And then you you know, you know give it to the mod maker, the mod maker signs it. Right. And and, and then you, on, you, you onboard them. But, yeah, it's probably too much work. Yeah. Next on the list is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This one's pretty quick. Uh, update 3.0 has been detailed to some extent. They uh, had, like... Little pieces of Joker's model from Persona 5 uh, shown off. They had a bunch of little blacked out question marks uh, on this on screen, pretty much, I think, indicating that some new modes are going to be added that didn't make the cut in the mm. game's first release. Like, there was the strange addition of, like, break the, or, or I'm sorry, the strange removal of mini games like Break the Target, Home Run Derby. Um, I'm sure knowing uh, the Smash Bros. team that there, there's probably some quirky random thing that no one's ever thought of that'll be added. Uh, they, they promoted some more Amiibos, but I don't know about anyone else. I personally don't see the, the value in them outside of collectibles. That's coming from someone who, right. who plays a collectible card game. Um, but yeah, well, same as me. I collect Skylanders, yeah, same exact right. things, and so, I still don't. So Amiibos, I, I feel you know if if you're really into just having Nintendo based figures, there's Pokemon Trainer, uh, Metal Gear Solid Snake, and Castlevania Simon Belmont coming in the form of those little figures. But other than that, uh, 3.0 didn't get any info on that. We found out Joker's coming out before April, uh, so really just more so a there's something coming uh, and and. Like, they haven't dropped Smash Bros., which obviously they wouldn't. But, um, you know, they're, they're pretty much just giving info for the sake of info. Uh, more little news. Treasure Tracker, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, the Switch version is now getting new DLC, some of which is paid, new challenges and courses, and some of which is a free new co-op mode, which will be live in a couple of hours. And this was on the day of uh, the Nintendo Direct. Like I said, this comes from GameSpot. So that's interesting. Um... Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, we now know the Defenders will be in the game, and I think we got a release date for that. Hold on. Pretty pretty sure. Was it a release date or a release time frame? Uh, actually, I should say release release window. 
Um, it's saying 2019. Oh yeah, right here. Polygon. One day ago, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three will release uh, this summer on Switch. So it's coming sometime this summer. Um, as we get deeper into this, we can narrow it down a bit because there is uh, in July or I think June is Mario Maker and August is Astral Chain, which we'll talk about at the end of this entire article. Uh, next is Link's Awakening remake announcement. Uh, the Game Boy Classic is now coming back, and I believe that's releasing in the fall. Carrick, how do you feel about this one? This seemed to be the major announcement of the entire show. Dude, and, like, how many years did they say that original 26? is out? Six. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah, some crazy amount, but the claymation look of it, mm. that art style, I think, nails the Switch, because we'll talk about some other announcements they did, which didn't nail the power of the Switch mm. at all. We, a matter of fact, we talked about the game a couple weeks ago on the podcast right. and we were wondering how it was going to work on the Switch. I think that game looked fucking awesome. Like, there was, a, there was a couple games that did, but for whatever reason, that was one of the first to get me super interested in a Zelda in a long time. Because I wasn't the biggest fan of Twilight Princess compared right. to others. Really? Yeah, compared to a lot of other people, I just, I, sort of, I just stopped playing for whatever reason. But this one looks cool. It, and it, it, fits, it fits portable. I don't know why I say that, but it just looks like it fits. Yeah. The Link's Awakening was one of now three Zelda games that I've ever beat. I beat this one. Oh. I beat, uh, funny enough, um, the one you were just talking about, Twilight Princess. Which Twilight I, Princess, I, yeah. I liked personally because growing up, I, when I bought my Wii, I was like, I want something I can swing my arm and, and the sword will swing too. And you could do that in uh, in Twilight Princess. But I also like the gritty, dark kind of feel the game had. Wait, um, I'm sorry, Maddie. What's up? I didn't mean Twilight Princess, bro. I oh. meant the, the Switch one. Oh, the um, uh, Breath of the Wild. Yes, I apologize. Twilight oh. Princess, I, I actually got to borrow a Wii and play around with the sword stuff, and I, mm. I liked. Okay. I, okay. Apo- cool. I apologize. It was and the other. then funny enough, Breath of the Wild was the other one I beat. Is the other one you <laughs> yeah. beat? <laughs> yeah. And that one I, I thought was pretty good, too. And it was one that, mm. that had like a really good, I call it aftertaste. Like I, I liked it while I played it, but as time went on and other games came out, I was like, wow, that was a really special game. Um, right. And so for me, I'm excited to go back to Link's Awakening. I'm not super keen on the art style, and I know a lot of the internet split on it. Some people are oh, like, I like gotcha. it. Some people are saying, hey, remakes have to bring new ideas to the table to, to make them attractive. I get that. I'm not saying it's going to push me away. But as someone who is very art style driven, what I saw, uh, I didn't I didn't like it. I think Wasn't part of it's you. because it reminded me of Wind, Make, Wind Waker, which is a Zelda game I do not like. And um Oh, and sacrilege. So, yeah, I know, right? A lot of people aren't going to like that hot take. A lot of people aren't going to like that. But, and do you know how many people thought it was Wind Waker 2? Yeah, yeah. When, I, when that I, was I first be being shown? Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. And I, um, like I said, I love Link's Awakening. This was one of the first games I ever played, man. I, I, I remember oh, this, gotcha. the, the successful feeling of um, you know, getting through my first dungeon in, in Zelda and actually making progress after like 18 times of restarting the game and saying like this time I'm going to get it because I just as a kid you just don't understand it and you don't think let me load my last save or something no you restart the fucking game um, right and so yeah like I remember those those feelings and those times so well um, I like how they, they they keep like the Goombas in the game still which is something that's awesome because uh, you know that, that was at a time where 
IPs would just share stuff because they they'd have assets and they'd say, hey, why the why the fuck not? Why not just throw this shit in here? And uh, right. retaining stuff like that maybe is a little bit hard in the in the legal department, even if it's underneath the same company. Uh, I imagine there's a couple hoops that they got to jump through that they could have opted out of, but they still keep. Uh, and so that to me, that's great, and I'm I'm looking forward to playing this because. Uh, you know, Breath of the Wild is what got me into really liking Zelda and wanting to see more. So I'm not going to let just a little discrepancy with the art style push me away yeah, from this right. one. Right. But uh, it is a big deal, too, at the same time. Like, I, mm. I get where you're coming from. Because art can push you away. Mm. I mean, it, it certainly can happen. Because it's I, I brought understand. me into so many games. Uh, it can yeah. certainly push me away. I try not to let it uh, because I'm not graphically driven, but it can enhance love for the universe. I say mm-hmm. that same, same thing with sound. I feel like... Graphics and sound are in the same department, albeit I think sound can at times actually be a little more important in, in taking an experience that's good. Like if you have a really epic moment, but like the softest music ever, probably is going to actually ruin some of that moment or sometimes yeah, right. the moment needs It won't to be, be as quiet. poignant, you know. Right, right. And so I feel like sound can really elevate. And the same thing with a good art style. I think Crackdown 3, which we'll talk about later, I thought that had a really wonderful art style that made me want to get into the world a little bit more. So I think it can be inviting and captivating but I feel like in the terms of elevation, I, I've, I've found sound to be more impactful. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Point in case near Automata. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's sound music in that was yeah. next level. Oh. Uh, next on this list is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Um, that is releasing in summer 2019. Um, there was another one that was released er, er, late last year. Um, it was like an eight bit version or 16-bit version of some type of bloodstained thing. I feel like we've been talking about this game for years now, but it seems that's finally going out. More interestingly, at least to me, uh, is something that I think we can really get into a conversation about. Tetris 99, a new free-to-play twist on classic Tetris that, you guessed it, pits you against 99 other players and is a, it's a battle royale game. Uh, the only way you can access this is if you are a nintendo online subscriber it's 20 bucks a year so have you had a chance to play any tetris 99 no but i will tell you that this was a joke like almost a year and a half ago oh, the no. battle royale I, I need yeah story. when fort when <laughs> fortnite came out we were in the discord and people were like can you imagine these everything's going to be a battle royale and one of us just said tetris and we were laughing thinking there's absolutely no chance and so watching that direct was mind-blowing like, watching it and just being like, oh, my God, it is a battle royale. It is Tetris. <laughs> like, and from what I understand, I can only speak for about 12 people in my Discord who played it. It's phenomenal. Now, I, I cannot say I've played it, but they have. And these are some people who don't even like Tetris. And they're like, holy shit, this is really good. Mm-hmm. So I'll, t- I'll, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. I don't I, like I... the cost thing, though. Do you? The weird, you have to be a... Well, yeah, I guess that's it makes sense, but it's also a little a little strange. It's like it's free to play, but it's not. But I feel like right. same things with Apex Legends and and Fortnite. Like you can download them. Sure. But I think you got to be a PS Plus member to access them. Actually, I might be wrong on Fortnite with that, but uh, someone will have to correct me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna give that a whirl eventually. I'm not in a rush mm-hmm. to get to it. Um, what I think a lot of people are in a rush to get to is the Assassin's Creed 3 remaster that's available on the Switch on May 21st. It also has a remaster of Liberation and the Tyranny of King Washington DLC. So yeah. AC3, Liberation, and the DLC for AC3. Um, like I said, just a really, really strange remaster. I, I, I would love to see Rogue 
be like the the one that was in the spotlight uh, and and get that on Switch. I think that's that we talked about this two weeks ago. Just that like yeah. perfect spin offy kind of title that's now getting a second life on Nintendo. That's deserving of a second life. I I would love to see that, but three and dude, it's three was. I'm sorry, but that trailer was rough as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that was like twelve frames per second at times, and uh, obviously optimization can be great. But a horse appeared right in front of a dude, like six feet in front of him. Like there was a lot of shit in that. I wish they hadn't shown it, only because mm. uh, optimization obviously is is what's occurring right now. And I would I, I'm I'm crossing my fingers for it because, like I said, if it works out, it'll probably be my favorite version. That's right. what I'm hoping for, without a doubt. Right, right, right. Next on the list is one I'm personally really stoked for, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, GameSpot writes, Fire Emblem Three Houses got a extended trailer. It showed off a bunch of narrative details, and on top of that, we got to see combat and learn about how the characters will form bonds. Uh, they confirmed a release date for the game, which was in July, I believe. Let me just double-check that. Because for some reason, this article does not have the release dates. It just says that <laughs> it, it will have a release date. Uh, yes, in July. I was correct. Okay, perfect. So, um, I I love Fire Emblem. I was on a really big Fire Emblem kick. I want to say about a year ago, I played through right. Conquest, and I think it what was the other one? Conquest was the harder one, and Birthright was the the more normal difficulty one. Uh, fantastic games in the terms of of combat and difficulty. Um, Character-wise, not as strong, so I'm hoping that Fire Emblem elevates that. I haven't had like a Fire Emblem game outside of Awakening that I really cared about the characters mm-hmm. and the uh, the risk reward elements, especially because Fire Emblem sort of dumbed down the difficulty for, to to pretty much no permadeaths unless you're playing on a, a higher level. Um, and so it seemed like this one's more RPG-ish, like you run around, you interact. Um, you can train with people, uh, that type of stuff. And, and, and naturally in Fire Emblem fashion, you can get married, have kids, and those kids become their own characters and stuff. It's really cool. I highly recommend it to anyone who likes RPGs in general that you check out the Fire Emblem series. But I am stoked to see a, an exclusive one uh, on the Switch because you can see like the little differences where uh, on the DS and, and, and many games that are older uh, or on limited hardware, you, you'll see they try to depict a very large-scale battle with like five sprites and you're like wow this is fucking this is crazy like you're just trying to trick yourself into it uh but but a lot of the battles in this game look to be large scale like as yep. as you're fighting yep. one person you'll still see like 20 soldiers in the background like attacking each other and it creates a sense of scale that fire emblem really has never had as far as i recall um i think i've been playing since is it called emerald not emerald i think it was the one with marth uh it was on a wii I can't remember the name right now, but um, mm. someone would have to remind me. But anyway, yeah, Fire Emblem. Is that one that you're interested in at all? Yeah, very much so. More so, I played the Wii one as well. And uh, that was, I think, the last time I touched one of these games. But graphically, this one definitely looks oh. actually far more impressive. And when she, like, calls down the horses yeah. at one point and actual yeah. multiple horses come out, it just, I mean, I know that people love the 2D ones, but this one just speaks to me graphically a little bit more. I will also say... It's chock full of haughty anime chicks, which I thought was hilarious. Like, it is so weird that in America we're so PC 
that if that was done, well, look at Dead or Alive. They reduced the boob physics in Dead or Alive for its yeah, next release. And, and Persona, or Persona, Jesus, uh, Dead or Alive Five had a option to turn off boob physics. Turn off boob, yeah, and then you get Fire Emblem, which laughably enough, man, like you got these mini skirt wearing chicks, just <laughs> bodacious stacked to the nines and they're running around and we were laughing during the direct just going like damn like they just don't give a shit they're yeah. all we will there's we a, will just do what we want a, a main character in in conquest that's very much resemblance resembling yeah. that yeah so I, I know what you mean by that yeah yeah it was um i mean it, graphically it looked awesome i liked all the ca- i mean i will say the uh, narrator i wanted to kill myself after about the 14th minute of them being like to the north, there is a continent, but I was just like, just show the fucking game. Yeah, so, I noticed that. I, I, oh. I watched the whole thing, and I I, I, <laughs> I watched it late because I was streaming oh, at the gotcha. time, I think, or I was just wrapping up the stream. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, like, I, I'm like i watching the beginning. I'm like, I don't want to spare, spare, spoil narrative details for myself. I'm just going to skip, 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 and like I'm three minutes into a five-minute video. I'm like, they're still talking about characters <laughs> yeah. in the lines. I'm like, skip, yeah. skip, skip. It's like the last minute. There's all the gameplay. I go, all right, fucking finally. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was definitely yeah. heavy on the narrative, and then it got a, is, a guy I, was I doing the narrative. I appreciate. It I, I do in the game, but not necessarily yeah. in a Nintendo Direct. I agree. Um, it looked awesome. Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice coming to the Switch on Spring 2019. Hellblade is a wonderful game, and graphically, man, that looks good on the Switch. Right. I don't know if they were showing. They it looked like they were showing sw- switch footage because it did look like the textures were a little less. But holy shit, mm-hmm. they can nail and it's not made by them. By the way, we found that out today. Oh. Ninja Theory is not making it. They they hired it out a third party uh, company like QFC or something. It's it's just three letters. Okay. Um, but uh, dude, man, they didn't show a lot. But what they did show, like if they get that level of graphics and that level of of detail mm-hmm. and lighting. That'll be once again my my favorite version. Mm-hmm. I will play that mobile for sure. Yeah, I haven't had that like push to go back to Hellblade. It was a game I loved, and I said to to people when I did review it oh, that this is a must buy. Um, I loved the story. I thought the action, while simplistic, was very satisfying. I think Ninja Theory makes fantastic action based combat systems that um, that really explore a level of depth that not many games touch. Um, and even though this one was done down a little bit more compared to a DMC Devil May Cry, I think in return you got a story that that really went some into mental illness a bit uh, and explored it in a very creative fashion where I, right. I feel it, it kind of evened out the experience. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you... Hellblades gradually come to all systems. If you still have yet to play it, and maybe you are only owning a Switch, or it looks like a game right for your Switch, and you're on the fence about it, let me and Carrick tell you that it is it is worth your twenty buckaroos. Really yeah. good game. Yeah, that very, game is and and really good time period, like a length of time. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah, people are like, hours. oh, we need forty hours or whatever. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, this this is one, a, it, it, yeah, a tiny game. Yep, can beat it in the evening. Can beat it in two days easily. Easily. Um, next is Deltarune, Toby Fox's next game, uh, which is already available on PC. Uh, it's coming to the Switch on February 28th, Chapter 1 of Undertale, the, with Chapter 1 of the Undertale follow-up being downloadable for free. Additional chapters which are currently in development will not be free, however. Yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um, episodic, basically. Isn't that, I, isn't yeah, that weird? very strange. You know, they, they strike me as the... He strikes me as the type of guy who would... Just drop the whole game on a day with no right. promotion at all. 
Uh, next I mean, oh, sorry. Real quick, I was just going to say, do you think maybe it's possible that he is doing what we've at, what we've hoped other developers do, where he's got most of it done and he's just splitting it up? That'd be great if it was like yeah, if he keeps it consistent. month, 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 month. Yeah, you know, or double or biweekly in my biweekly would be even that, better. That, yeah, that would be the the perfect thing. But um, yeah, I, I mean, so I hope so. He, he seems connected enough with his audience to know what they want. Yeah. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World is next. A demo for Yoshi's Crafted World is coming to Switch today, uh, giving Nintendo mm. Switch owners a free taste of the little dinosaur's next big adventure. Yoshi's Crafted World, uh, you know, we were talking about art styles earlier. I adore this. It is it is really what's pushing me over the edge to give it a whirl because it reminds me of, um, oh, my God, what is the name of it? I think it's called Tearaway that was on the Vita and then got moved to the... Oh, it was a paper mache game? Yes, I think it's called yeah. Tearaway. Tearaway. It is called Tearaway. Yeah, Tearaway. And that game was really cute. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World looks really cute. It's coming out in March, I believe. Uh, because Yoshi's just filthy in Smash Bros., I just want to play as Yoshi and something else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking into picking up and, and maybe reviewing this one, depending. Um, it's looking like... March, from what I can recall right now, is is a somewhat slow mouth month. I guess anything compared to the the day we had was was pretty slow. <laughs> but, yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, so Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, last is some Final Fantasy ports coming. Nine's available. Uh, eight's available next month. Uh, nine is available today. Choco Mystery Dungeon, everybody, is set to arrive next month, and I think seven is come. Seven's coming next month. Uh, but what's not listed on this, for some reason, and we simply must talk about, I personally find it the most exciting thing about this Direct, is Astral Chain. Yeah. Yeah, that is by Platinum Games. Yeah. The director of Nier Automata is directing this. On top of that, we also have the Bayonetta 2 director, I think, working on this game as like one of the, the higher-up positions. And... You are a fucking cyber cop with a thing called a legion, which is pretty much a persona. And you're running around just destroying everything. And it seems to be almost open worldish, like a near. And when I saw it, I was like, that's already one of my most anticipated games. It's coming out August 30th. And I am, I literally am already going down. I am so stoked for that game. Did you like what you saw with it? Yeah, I did. Um, I was had read the news that one of the directors for Bayonetta had left uh, mm-hmm. the same day as that was announced, and so I I was confused on if it was the main guy from this or not. It doesn't look like it is. Um, okay. His his name's Yak Yasuka Hashimoto. Hashimoto. Mm-hmm. He he left Bayonetta. Uh, he was. Uh, it says he's the. He was the. Yeah, um, I, I did see. I did director of Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I bring that up only is because with Platinum in particular, uh, we joked where we want their A, a game, right? Like, we don't want their mm-hmm. B team. We don't want their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Korra B team. And it exists. We don't want the scale B team, mm-hmm. scale bound. So I'm just crossing my fingers that uh. we end up getting the, like, Transformers Devastation team. We get the, you know, and then a Grim in your Discord was saying he thought Platinum is working on two games, which got me a little nervous because I almost like them working on one, to be honest. Well, yeah, I, technically I, they are because there's Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3. Okay, gotcha. Well, I'm hoping Bayonetta 3 is more of the later in the future thing. 
It seems to be, because they okay. announced Bayonetta 3, I remember, at the Game Awards. I think it was, was it 2017? They announced it, though. And then they gotcha. just, all we know is is the logo. Um, and with Bayonetta 3, um, I feel like it's, you know, with such a stacked year, you know, what, what people don't realize is with this Nintendo Direct, why I, I loved it so much. So many people were like, fuck you, Nintendo, where's my Animal Crossing uh, right. with my Pokemon, and I'm like, this was such a good direct without any of that. Imagine when they add, which we already know is guaranteed, like Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing, and Pokemon Gen 8. Like, it's gonna happen. There's Those are all definite. Yeah, for and, sure. And they didn't give us dates on any of those. And, and, like, this year already looks stacked for Nintendo. Like, that to me is such an exciting premise that I have stuff that I'm really excited about without having the other stuff I know I'll probably be interested in. I mean, Animal Crossing I'm kind of like, eh, on, but... Um, I'm going to give it a try. I'll give it a second chance. Um, but Pokemon, I love to death, and I know I'm going to buy that. But it's like seeing something like Astral Chain uh, or Hellblade coming back uh, and being like, wow, these are these are games I can hop to on my yep. Switch um, or Fire Emblem. Like that That's an exciting premise to me personally. Uh, I'm trying to get some of the director's names here. Uh, what'll happen? The trailer depicts stylish. This comes from Kotaku. The trailer depicts stylish anime police battling monsters alongside mecha partners and pulling up what seem to be pre- predictive holographic interfaces to see what'll happen to people and environments around them. Nier Automata designer Takahisa Tara is directing, and Bayonetta and original Devil May Cry director Hideki uh, Kamiya is supervising. Um, and to me, that doesn't. Which sound, one's this? This is Astral Chain, and to me, that Astral doesn't. Chain. That doesn't sound like a B team heading it up. You right. know what I'm saying that sounds like let's put the money where the mouth is, kind of thing. Um, I I wonder if after this, let's say Astral Chain is good. I don't want to jump the gun too much, but let's say Astral Chain is good. Does that eliminate the possibility of their A team B team thing? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Do you think, ah! or do you think they all just work on one project together now? Man, I don't. I didn't think about that because now Cause they, that, they're mm. balancing two projects, right? So, um, it's it's very curious because they dropped near. I mean, they, granted, that was directed by Yoko Taro, and Square worked on that too, and then that was like a cross right. of world sort of. So that's not all of Platinum. But they still worked on that, and then this one does not look like... Because uh, Ninja Turtles really hid the gameplay. This one came out, delivered the universe, and then showed like a ton of gameplay. It was a very yeah. meaty trailer. Um, yeah, they certainly didn't ever make you wonder what was going on in that mm-hmm. game. It was like a good type of what the fuck's going on, though. Like, you know, why, yeah. why, do, why am I a cop who's like kicking the shit out of things with like some giant creature next to me? Yeah, um, and some I it didn't one of them throw like a boomerang or something that like or, or they uh, throw they threw something like spun in the air and shot people or something. it was oh crazy like there was there, <laughs> yeah it was right at the starting when they pulled up um but it could have been the enemy doing it too because it was flashing right. and we were just sort of going like what the fuck are we watching right now <laughs> in a good way in a good way yeah man I, I can't wait for that game though and um that was that was all the big announcements from the Nintendo Direct. Like I said, that Nintendo's looking pretty set this year. And like I said, this is all coming from stuff that does not include Luigi's Mansion, Pokemon, right. and Animal Crossing, which easily all of those will sell millions. And obviously Pokemon and Animal Crossing will sell, I feel like, 10 million each. 
I feel they will bo- they will both do incredibly well. It, yeah, it's going to be a busy fucking year for them. Mm. And even if they delay a couple, which I think is absolutely possible as well, um, mm-hmm. it, they, they still, you know, and they have all the stuff with Smash still yeah. going. Exactly. All the stuff. I, I have a question about their games, though. Is that Mario Racing game got any DLC? The one that was the... Um, you know, that was the remake, the report, or the port, or the remake. Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was listening to Kind of Funny in the car actually before this show, and they had mentioned and said that they would love to see because uh, because Treasure Tracker got DLC, and I know they said, oh, you know, it's funny that would get it. Does that mean we'll one day get um, a, a new map, for example, in Mario right. Kart Deluxe or? a new world in Mario Odyssey. So based off what they said, cause I don't know for sure. I'd imagine that that never happened, that it mm, never got okay. any extra DLC. I know when it launched, like it came with link and it came with like a Hyrule castle track. Um, I have, I have a decent amount of hours on that game. That is a fun, fun game. Um, and I do hope they add more to it because that's one of their best selling games. I think that sold 15 million copies. Like that's, that's one of their highest attachment rates to their console, like above Zelda. It's crazy. Right. Um, yeah, that's... So, so I'm surprised that they haven't. Yeah, I, I was blown away when I saw the numbers for that, mm-hmm. the sales numbers. Not n- nothing against that, but it's insane that that's just a port, and that's sh- obviously a, a port of a game people love, which is right. Cool. That's the other thing is it feels like this year, like yeah, for example, we saw Assassin's Creed, we saw Hellblade, but mm-hmm. uh, like a, a Super Mario Maker two, like that's an original new game for right. the Switch. Fire Emblem Three Houses, that's a new game for the Switch. Astral Chain, new game. Like It it didn't feel like there was that port-heavy, like, okay, they'll fill in mm-hmm. one month with a Donkey Kong Frozen Country or whatever the fuck it's called, and, and, and we'll let that be a game for the month, even though that's a port. Um, it felt like they they finally are at the point where uh, ports aren't going to be a constant thing. Yeah, I don't. I, I think ports are just... Now, ports are just going to be what they are on the normal consoles. Right. Just an addition to whatever else those guys offer. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Well, that is the Nintendo Direct. Let's move on to our next topic, which is February 15th games. So a lot of games are coming out. We have Anthem next week. We have on today as we record. Metro. Crackdown. Metro. Crackdown. New Dawn. Yeah, New Dawn. Holy crap. Really busy day. I personally reviewed Far Cry New Dawn and Crackdown. I played a decent amount of Jump Force because my friend got the early access for that by paying for oh, the, cool. uh, the the special edition. Um, so those are the three I've been playing. Carrick, you said you played New Dawn, Crackdown, and Metro, but no Jump Force. Yeah. Okay. No Jump Force. So, got it, but just didn't have time. Right. Right on. So where where shall we start here? What Jump game? Force, because I'm more interested. Yeah, because. I don't know what that is. I saw the reviews and I was like, the fuck? Mm. Like, I, I'm really confused by reviews right now for a lot of games because okay. I think they, they feel off. So I'd like to hear what you think of that. All right. So for starters, I have not made it a secret. I think based off everyone knowing I geeked out about Astral Chain, I love anime. Uh, I'm not like the biggest anime fanboy where I've watched like thousands of hours, but I, I'd say I am a strong lover of it and I enjoy it quite a bit. So naturally, a fighting game celebrating... Uh, Shonen uh, and its 50-year anniversary and combining all these rosters of characters that you've grown to know and love. Very exciting premise, especially because Bandai can really make a, at times, a strong, or publish, I should say, a strong anime fighter. Mm -hmm. So 
a lot of videos have been going around the internet about the game's story. Uh, the rumors are true. It is awful. <laughs> we'll start <laughs> off there. Uh, it's, 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 it, it, it reminds me, and we'll get into it later, but it reminds me of Far Cry in the sense of it's instantly flat. It's instantly mm. unappealing. It's instantly a lackluster effort, and you can feel it, like an aura emanating from the, the game itself. Like, we, we don't fucking care uh, kind mm. of thing. And so, uh, yeah, that wasn't a good start for it because the animations were, were really strange and awkward, which I hate to say this, but when it's 2019, there's some things in this game that, yeah, back in, in 2013, maybe we would be more accepting of on an Xbox oh, 360. Me. But uh, it really, to me, my major point of contingence with this game is not the facial animations, which, you know, look, we, we've been through Mass Effect there and back again. And, and to me, facial animations are, it's not like I'm blind to them, but we've seen the worst. Um, and when they're really bad, like they are in Jump Force, I do look in that game, like I did for Mass Effect, for stronger role-playing, you know, more conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there, if there's a sacrifice here, where are they making up for it? So I was focusing on, like, the fighting, seeing how that was. And I, I think I'll get into it in a second, but I thought the fighting was solid. But, um, yeah, the facial animations were not good. Some character models, like Deku's, I think look awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it's really I, – I plan on making a, a pretty lengthy video about how this is, like, one, one of what I'd call the biggest misses of, of 2019 already, but also in gaming in general. It is such a, a – Wait, 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 wait. Mass Effect Mas uh, Master Chief Edition bad? Like, where they took... they Have they neutered it? I mean, like, well, really thing, destroyed it? See, the thing is, and I don't know if this would be different in the case of Master Chief Collection, but I feel like... I, I feel like Jump Force at least has a good fighting system in place. It's oh, very okay. simple, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. um, but, like I said, man, these fucking loading screens in this game, that is... I, I got off topic for a sec, but those loading screens are... Terrible. I'm you mean art? Art? art okay. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> I'm talking like. Okay. Let me break down a scenario. So I love playing these fighting games online with my friends. Number one, Bandai has done it for a second time. I played Hero Academy. That game didn't have online lobbies. So let's mm -hmm. say myself and two other friends want to play together. No, you can't do that. You have to do one on one. So first issue with this is setting up the match because. You got a pre. Let's say I, I I think I got a preset a team which I did originally because it says like register your team. I click on that, load screen, select your team. All right, pick it. Oh, I see. go back, load screen. Fuck. All right, load up the match, load screen. Invite your friend. It says matchmaking. Friend joins, load screen. Now during the time you're waiting for your friend to join or someone in general in a match, you can press X to practice match. Okay, I'll warm up with my characters. X long ass load, load screen, screen. <laughs> and not only That's that awesome. but it does a full on <laughs> intro like the characters clash arms they say their lines to each other so you're play waiting about a minute and a half to two minutes for someone to hop into your games which by then you should have a match right so the practice matches become pointless it's not like a quick thing where you just hop into a training mode right keep your keep your thumbstick warm no so your friend joins up load screen shows off the characters that are fighting against each other load screen then you fight. Once you fight, let's say I win, he wins, doesn't matter. It does not give you a rematch option. Load screen. Oh. Back to the fucking main lobby. And then mm. you do it all over again. It is 
a terrible system in place. I don't know what it is. It is such a boneheaded move to make a fighter that does not have a lobby and an even stupid more more stupid move. I'm sorry, Lack I got, of rematch. I, I, yeah, I gotta call it as it is. It's fucking dumb if you don't have rematches in your fighter. Even online. Like, I'm not just talking private matches, but, like, public matches, too. I tested public matches last night. Public matches, too, you cannot rematch. You queue up for a similar match, but you cannot rematch that opponent, which is mind-boggling to me. Does it have replay? Uh, Like, the last three seconds of the fight at the end? Like, so you beat somebody, does it show a replay or anything? Uh, No. So there's no replay and no rematch? Because a lot of companies have an issue with the memory of the replay, and so they'll skip the rematch option. So there's no replay. I did not of, see. Like, I did not of the see last any. couple. I could probably bring it up on my monitor right now. You know how like it. Tekken or Virtual Fighter, you beat somebody up, right. and then it'll be it'll show the last five seconds. Mm-hmm. So you're not seeing that, and then you're also seeing that there's no rematch, and it's no, just what is happens it a... is you win. It says finished, and then you know you have your your three members of your team all standing there. They say their their finishing line, and then it brings up a thing, and it says like. Q for a similar match like this, which means like you, you set your preferences in the beginning, like round limit, connectivity options, all that stuff. Um, you set all that up, and, and then you, you, you select find match, and you go in, and so they're, they're giving you the option to find a match like that again, not find right. that same person, which I don't like, because sometimes there's that cool feeling, and I don't know if anyone else feels this when they do fighters online, of almost like a, not a rivalry, but like you feel competition brewing, like... You know, that was a close match. Let me rematch him. Let me see if I can take yeah. this in a series in a best of, like, five. Uh, right. That's, that's why I love how Dragon Ball Fighters did it, where um, I think they put you yep. in a situation where it's always, I think, a best of five, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, it's a best of five. Yeah, and, and I like that because it feels like every match, it's like, yeah, you can beat this guy once, but can you beat him in a set of five where you can truly right. say you beat him? It doesn't make it like Jump Force, which you know, it's, it's not designed like fighters to be this strategic fighter. But uh, and you know, like like frames matter, and and knowing knowing your opponent's moves matters. Like the game's very much button mashy. But um, I, I still feel like it, it's crazy that even in a game like Jump Force, they don't have the option to try to outbeat to outmatch your opponent in a, a best of five or best of three at minimum. That that's crazy to me. When you make your match, are you able to choose it there? Maybe three out of five. Uh, is you there a option? A, well, what's strange is online. I say online as in random people I'm fighting. You cannot pick your right, rounds. right, because you cannot pick your okay. But when you fight privately, you can pick up to five rounds, which my friends and I do just to make the match last like a couple of minutes longer. Longer, right? Right. So you know, a match can last up to seven minutes, which is solid. But the way I think of it is that game would be so much better, and my friends would be on it so much more. Because, like I said, I'll get into this now. The fighting is good, to my to, to my knowledge and to, to my experience so far. But it's just the hassle of getting through everything, man. Like this game demands you to have a phone or or listening to something while you're playing it because the amount of load screens that are interjected about and the lack of like any direction in between missions when you're doing the single player stuff, like. You just got to wander around this hub area and hope you see someone with an exclamation point above their head. Like, they don't even say, like, okay, now go talk to Goku or, or go talk to Yuffie. It's like, just just find the next exclamation point somewhere in this space. This sounds terrible, by the way. Yes. It, it is a joke. It is a, a It's work. stressing me out right now. It's, it's <laughs> really piss-poor online design. Um, and I don't know why in this type of fighting game to celebrate Shonen that they decide... 
to make a create your own character and to make a single player mode with like side missions and stuff to me that it felt so fucking out of place when I started hearing about it but I was like okay like maybe it's a little bit like Tekken customize the fighters themselves right that type of stuff man holy crap like, so my big question is if so this is a game celebrating all these characters right how do how did how do you fuck up the art on a character everybody already knows you said somebody looked like shit Definitely, how do they yeah. how do you make somebody look like shit if you already know what they look like yeah so my my opinion is they picked a skeleton of one character from a series and then modeled all of them off of said same skeleton so what I mean by this, oh my god! What I mean by this is, you'll have the the One Piece characters look fantastic, right? And the Dragon Ball characters look fantastic, but then you'll have Deku from Hero Academy, who looks okay. His hair looks strange, and his eyes. Well, on the show, his eyes are very small compared to like, or I'm sorry, his his iris is very small compared to his eyes. Uh-huh. But I feel like when you're putting him in a Jump Force game, for example, where they're trying to make the characters look more real to match the... Because the, the idea is they're jumping universes. Like, they're in the real world now. So you're right. fighting San Francisco as Killua from Hunter x Hunter. And it's awesome in that sense. It's a very cool concept. But to to match that vision, they'll they'll try to reel up some characters. So, like, Frieza or Cell, you'll see their fucking teeth when they, like, laugh. And it's very... It's very strange. It's... Yeah. Yeah. And so Deku, on, on, on his side of things, in, in such a real-looking game, having someone with, like, very small iris and very huge eyes, he just <laughs> he looks like he got traumatized. An alien or Yeah, it, it's yeah, terrifying. Right. It's terrifying. And so it really bums me out, because I love Hero Academy, where he, he hails from. And so, yeah, it, it just... It's not that they missed the mark entirely, because I think the fighting is flashy... And, and the yelling while the battle's happening and, and some of the lines that, that occur uh, during battle, they, they get me hype. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. Um, uh-huh. It's very much just press the square button and, and then you can mash in some assist attacks, um, seeing how things chain together. It's not super deep. Uh, I think that dodging is probably the deepest mechanic of it all. So if someone's attacking you and you're on ground level, if you hit the attack button back, you can use some of your mobility gauge and counter them. But if they are in the air and you're tapping R1, you can dodge and get behind them. But then they can dodge you. And and so it, it becomes this game of, like, do I take this combo? Do I try to get out of this? Um, do I waste an escape, which is you press L1, you completely pop out of the combo, but it, it burns your whole mobility gauge. So it's like, do I use all of that right now? Because this is going to hurt me really bad in the fight. Um but then they can keep pressuring you after that escape. So there is a little bit of, I don't want to say strategy, but there's an element of thinking involved in what is a very much casually designed fighter. Um, but I feel like it needs optimization. If the story's going to suck, the story's going to suck. Um, but it really needs optimization. And they need, need lobbies. Like Hero Academy, which is a game that came out in October. Um, I get that's a little more niche. Like you're focusing on one anime game. That was the most casual fighter I think I've ever played. So if that doesn't have lobbies, you know, where you can have more than one or more than two people, fine, whatever. But Jump Force, which you know a lot of people are excited for, and you know, like, you know, some people are picking up for Dragon Ball, some people are picking up for One Piece and so on. You gotta know, like, groups of people are picking this up, not just two people who want to fight each other once and go back on the into the main lobby. That's just not how it works. And it's a lack of foresight. 
um, and a lack of effort, I feel, personally. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I would say there's a lot of games where I've never returned to them because of loading screen. Mm. So, to be honest, like everything you've described, it really doesn't matter if the fighting's good if it's sandwiched right. between a bunch of loading. Right. So, exactly. like, it's gone on to my not probably ever going to get played list. Because well, yeah. until they fix that, I'm just not. Exactly. I'm dude, not going to waste my time. Let's put it this way my friends and I have been looking forward to this game for a while. Not like oh top anticipated games, but it's one that's been on our radars because, like I said, we love playing fighting games against each other. We always compete, and yeah. so like anything that's a new wave, we're all about. And, and this was one that we were like, we played at E three last year, and we were like, okay, like this this is going to be a fun game for us. Um, and for us to literally sit down last night, and instead of playing this brand new game that we all spent money Uh-oh. on, we're playing <laughs> Apex Legends for. Yeah. Four hours instead. I know that feel. That says a lot. It was almost yeah. like defeating to be like, wow, yeah. this is. I mean, Apex Legends is fantastic, but to, to pick that, the surprise game over the one that you've been waiting for, that I think speaks a lot to how bad the online system and loading screens are. It's really, really pitiful. How much is the game? 60 bucks. Ah, really? Yeah. I have a feeling they're not going to do well. That the reviews didn't look good anyway, and mm. as a fan like yourself, I think you might be more leeway like if you like the battle system or something like that, just because you know you sort of understand the characters. Where somebody who's a reviewer may not get this shit, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna smash the shit out of it. And it, loading screens, I mean, it, we heard it with Anthem. I don't know if you got a chance, but I jumped I in Anthem. They were, they were, and luckily they're gone. Oh. So they were in the beta, and uh, the two or four hours, uh, three hours, about three hours I played this morning, they were gone. And I'm going to tell nice. you right now, if they if they were back, that would have been a disaster. Like right. the loading script, people don't realize loading waiting is the worst thing a gamer. It's a gamer will wait during a game if there's a cutscene or something, but you do not want to wait at a loading. You just don't want it. Like now, nowadays, especially, I think nowadays, then, especially, it, it was a little more like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but now yeah. it's like we, we, they, they should almost be entirely, I don't want to say weeded out. Like, I feel like a fighter where if they're leaving, you're leaving a, a, a match and you're reconnecting to a lobby, that's a hub for like multiple players connected. Like, yeah, there should be a brief loading screen, but dude, I'm telling you right now, these take sometimes up to a minute. It, yeah. And, uh, it's embarrassing. And I heard you almost say it. So, so I'll for sure say it. I actually think they should be loadless. Once they do the initial mm-hmm. load, I really do think fighting games in particular need to figure out a way so that you're... I, I would say Injustice does a pretty good job. Yes. It's pretty pretty fast. But because even they kind of like then, tie the HUD into it. Like the loading screen and, is the fighter. And they do the, the slow motion punch. Yeah. Rem- like when, when you choose. And, oh, yeah. yeah. They like punch each other back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know that's all fake loading. Yeah, like exactly. the, the moment you do that, it's preloading. Going, they're probably going to choose these guys if they and then and then get ready for that lo- the location. Mm. Um, but loading screens, dude, we're we're way past we're way past loading screens in a fighting game. Uh, again, like you said, lobbies that makes sense for sure because you're grab- you're grabbing data from online. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. all but of I, these loading screens, because yeah, like you see a game like Red Dead, no it's like one load screen in the world, right. nothing, nothing yep. after that. So. Yeah, I agree. That should be the precedent. I just feel like in, in the situation mm-hmm. like Jump Force, I, it's not even like I'm willing to be forgiving, but it makes more sense if there is loading screens in that game because, you do, like you said, you do have to come back into an online yeah. lobby. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like it's just so exaggerated, especially like I, I, I feel like nervous to make a mistake and click on something because it's going to load me into some other screen. Exactly, so, like, the mistaken actually, button. Yeah, it's like I want to customize my avatar and 
but then I click the wrong thing. I'll be like, oh, oh my god, I hope that doesn't load into something, and it fucking does. And you're like, oh my god, here we go. Uh, when we were talking to the people from EA, they were saying that that's why context-sensitive buttons became a thing, holding down A to choose, because mm -hmm. people uh, were so afraid of loading into loading screens that they didn't know. Have you ever gone into a game and you don't know if you're supposed to press A to see the option or, mm -hmm. or, or highlight it, and if it doesn't immediately load, you're like, oh, I need to press A, and you press A, and you're like, mm -hmm. you're this wrestler, and you're all, no, 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 that's yeah. not who I wanted to be. Yeah. I just wanted to see their goatee. So that, I think... Um, I, I think in this game, that would have been nice for, like, a little bit of context. But I think combined with uh, lack of replay, it's a massive disaster. Because yeah. the reap, if you're able to just say, fuck it, I don't want to load again. Let Hey, guys, do you just want to play these same characters? Yeah, okay, great. And you just, you, you know, you're able to just continue mm. to do that. Yeah, that sucks. It's really that weird. That does not... It does not sound like a game I will ever turn on now, to be honest. I mean, I'll, I, I might stream it one it, time. I hate to say it, but yeah, like... I'd wait, wait to see what they say because, you know, I see Bandai's like, yeah, today's launch day, like, welcome to the game and stuff. And, dude, I can already tell it's going to take off with, like, some real bad criticism over the weekend. A lot of people are going to start shitting on this one because, you know, it, it was it was brief during earlier in the week because they had, like, that split launch of you paid extra, you get it early access right. versus, like, the people who wait and I'm going to pay $60 and get it on Friday. Yeah, they, they're going to... Oh, God. It's I, gonna, I don't care about aggregate uh, websites, but it is at 52%. Wow. Which is horrendous. So that's very like, bad for one of the more highly anticipated anime fighters. Yeah. Very well, bad. look, I mean, that's why I asked about Halo Master Chief. I mean, it's such a disaster, and it was uh, mm. it was something where like you Halo can't... Halo was unplayable based off what you kind of told me. <laughs> it was unplayable. Yeah. No, it well, was. This is, it this was. is playable. This is playable. Just, you, you, yeah. you just have to fucking wait a lot. Even even crazy, who you know on your Discord, he's in mind right. to Crazy Herb. Yeah, yeah. Even who's a big Halo fan, like now he's happier with it. But even back in the day, like when that thing came out, even big Halo fans were like, "What the fuck has happened?" Right. Um, yeah. So there is a difference there. It was it was virtually unplayable in many modes. Right. This is playable. It's just I'm not wanting to now. Yeah, man. I, I hope they patch it. I really do because if yeah, they, me too. If they shorten up those load times. I mean, I I feel like a lot of them should be eliminated. I really do. I don't know if that's really possible through a patch, like how, right. how much that'll take. But, um, yeah, man, the fact that they have, like, a season pass tied to this game already, it's like, oh, boy. I feel like they're just going to add characters and not fix this shit. Or that that will just disappear. Right? Yeah. As we've seen, some yeah. companies just drop the expansion that they made you buy. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about more cheerful products. Just kidding. We'll talk about Far Cry. <laughs> Get the bad out of the Jesus. way. Jesus. Holy what shit, the bro. the fuck ever. Wow. Dude, it's, it's fucking, there's nothing. Sorry. I'll calm down. <laughs> I've already exploded about this multiple. There's nothing fucking post-apocalyptic about this game. Right? There, it That's is what I such, said. it is such, and I am not a hater of Far Cry. Everybody knows, like, Far Cry Primal I liked. I know you didn't, but I really enjoyed it. I liked Far Cry 5, except I, there were technical issues. Um, I rated it weight. But this one, Man. I almost rated it never touch i rated it a wait for a deep deep sale like five dollars because it was already cheaper it is a expansion cost right the third right, right. 39 yeah, 40. i think yeah 40 yeah um and i had no real bugs 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 in it like i did with with far cry 5 but man i do oh my god that the antagonists who show up and then disappear for 90 percent of the game the i mean everything about it and your base it is the worst fucking 
reason for mechanics I've ever seen. They don't even hide it. They're like, here's a hexagon base with the big word of what you're going to upgrade plastered on a sign. Mm-hmm. Like, gun guys, fucking armor dudes, cryptography guys for your maps. And you're just looking at this place going, there was no effort put into almost anything in that game. And I am not a person who would say that. I actually think the Far Cries have more effort than most people say in some of the past titles. Right. But in this in this one, I was I was quite literally stunned by how poor the the post apocalyptic part was and how right. poor the storytelling was. Yeah, it was strange, man. I, I I feel like the biggest thing to me was a post apocalyptic game with post apocalyptic looking weapons, but the world itself just. There was one section of the map, and it was while I was live streaming, I found it. I said, this is the only part, ladies and gentlemen. The radioactive area? Yeah, it's just next to the prison. I said, this is the (laughs) one part that looks post-apocalyptic. Everything else is full of trees and a couple of, like, tilted light posts, and that is it. And the cars. What were they thinking, Maddie? With Mm. the fucking straight-on cars? Just hundreds of them. Yeah. All over the game world, thrown down for gun cover, and that was it. Like, it was so obvious. Mm. It, it looks like a mod. It looks like something you and I would yeah. put together, and people should celebrate that if it was, but not <laughs> celebrate it if it's $40. Yeah, dude. I, I, I described it in my review as pretty much that the reason I never recommended it to Far Cry 5 fans is not because it is not a good game. I said it just brings absolutely nothing to the table, which is arguably worse. Yeah. It, it literally... It is effortless in the in the worst way possible it it had and, you know story padding for for upgrading prosperity uh my my biggest gripe also was it was very clear the story you know some some game writers always say you know we, we start with the ending and work backwards and it was very apparent that was the case with this but it was so apparent because everything before the final five minutes of the game had had no substance had had no development did not matter all that much, didn't have depth, and was obviously short. You know, the game was already short. It was like, what, five hours, six hours? If I'm, It took generous. me longer. I, I, I actually did, but I tried it on the different difficulties, but right. I was actually more like 10 or 12. Really? Yeah, I, but I did a lot of the side fucking, the little diamond, the right. little ex, uh, uh, stronghold, or what, they're not strongholds, but... Ex- not expeditions either, which I enjoyed the expeditions a great oh, deal, I, by the way. Let me tell you why I... I, I hate to be negative this show. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I swear I'm having a good day, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I hate those. Okay, the expeditions. Yes. Are we talking about the ex- expeditions? Okay. I love the concept. Far Cry's global. We got post-apocalyptic. We're seeing different states completely destroyed, or or how they are after after Far Cry Five. Cool, but it removes any form of gameplay choice because every time you pick up the fucking backpack, they tell you that you're there. And it becomes a horde mode. Yeah, the there GPS. No, yes, there is no stealthing to exit. There yep. is no stealth in general. It is just run and gun. And I think yep. that strips one of the key pillars that Far Cry built itself off. Of. One of the reasons why it's very much a attractive single-player open-world game. Because I can go in with a bow. I can go in with a silenced uh, SMG. I can go in with a very loud gun if I want to. I can blow the place up. I could set it on fire. And that is what's awesome about the franchise. I mean, you make a mode that takes you to different areas in these self-contained maps, which are which is a cool idea. You, you think that's room to experiment. But instead, they're like, once you pick up that backpack, they're just going to come at you. 
I thought that was silly. Once again, I think it was to pad because I feel like maybe if the stealth wasn't a super easy option because you can stealth in fairly easily. It's exiting mm-hmm. that can be a yeah. little more tough, but even sometimes you can you can get a little tricky. Use your wingsuit parachute into the exit without being spotted and maybe they're like wow someone could blow through all 20 expeditions in three hours we want this to last six so let's make it where they have to fight for two minutes at the end of each one that's personally why i couldn't stand it it removed choice which so i I don't i don't appreciate i think i took longer to get the pack than you did does that make sense so the pack is there and I think I explored more before. Get- so, like, uh, speaking of the, well, I don't want to ruin the location, but there's a prison. And I know what you're talking about. Yep. You go to the prison, and that was the if, one. yeah, and it, at first it even looks like the pack is on the on the roof, and mm. you're like, oh shit, there's no enemies here. I'm just going to be able to destroy this, and then you find out, no, it's actually in the prison, which I w- I enjoyed, but. Um, what I found with that is I would end up going around and just sort of exploring and, and using my helper, which I loved. I Once I got the masked helper, I don't want to say anything because it ruined the story, but right. the, um, he was a, he was really stealthy. I really liked you know his gameplay and the reason why he was there, so I used him a lot. I found those enjoyable up until, and I mentioned the same thing in my review. I was like, why do... Why does GPS work? Not the satellites, but the phone. You've got a normal, like, Nokia phone that these people are somehow figuring out that you're (laughs) running away with this pack. Like, nothing works. Nothing else works. Why do these, why does the GPS work? That's true. Also, when you get out, and this happens with the outposts, they fucking come back. And I get the idea of it with the expeditions, I guess. The outposts, though, pissed me off that you could, they're like, if you want to salvage it, you can get some petroleum, but if you want to give it back, oh, so yeah, you're you're so just stupid. like, yeah, you're like, I'm gonna take it over, but no, really, go ahead, move back in, but I'm gonna kill y'all. No, no, go ahead, move back in, I'm gonna kill y'all, and it be, it, it was like repeatable was raids, and it was gimmicky, yeah. And so what I did was I took the fucking place up in the northeast, and I kept the main base like you do, and that's all I would just keep. Like if I took anything else, I would just salvage it because I knew I could at least fast travel up to the top. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was weird. There was there was a lot of that. Again, it took me longer. I definitely did stealth more. I hunted a ton. I fished okay. a ton. They're just buffer, though. Let's be. There's nothing. You know, ach- you'll get the achievement. There's nothing special about them. But it was fun to catch a salmon. <laughs> I sort of dig that. Um, I felt that uh, the enemies AI on hard was better. I they certainly did. Ubisoft did say that they had adjusted the AI for less people in the game world. And I did notice that at times. There were a couple things I noticed. But the one thing I fucking hated in that game is there's people driving around in their Mad Max trucks with their rivet bolted on doors and fucking hood scoops. And then your only helper, well, I think you have two helpers with cars, but the main chick has a Chevy Corsica. And she shows up and you're like, seriously? The only fucking car you could show up in is the (laughs) most useless. And these guys have 50 calibers duct taped to the fucking back of motorbikes. Of all the things you could have shown up in, it's that. That was the, I don't know why that bothered me so much, but it was like, nobody reflected the the apocalyptic. Like, I, I guess the black guy who does the quotes from the Bible, you could say he reflects the apocalypse. But nothing else in that mo- in that game except for the cutscenes reflect the apocalypse at all. Nothing. Right. Not even the game or the guns. All the guns are 
Far Cry think, 5 guns. You didn't think like the models of the guns themselves, or do you mean the way they some, played? Some did, but the way they played, like I uh, admittedly, because I beat uh, uh, Odyssey and I beat um, another game, I had enough Uplay points to get the yellow neon shotgun, yeah, which just, just like had, it looked like a laser gun, but it yeah. still just shot. I, I dug that. I dug some of the guns. I loved the the fucking chain gun, uh, the chainsaw buzz thrower. Oh, I thought yeah. that was fun. That, that was thing really was, fun, dude. That thing, that was, thing was a blast. Boomerang, the, the oh. saw blades off of the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah dude. It was so satisfying. I, I think It was so satisfying. It, it, the gun models, I thought, looked excellent. I, I thought that was the mm-hmm. most post-apocalyptic thing about the game. But yeah, the buzzsaw blade thing, I forgot it was called a saw launcher, I think. I just mean that they didn't do anything. Like, the yeah, shotgun was just a shotgun. Yeah, they didn't get creative sense. like they did with the saw launcher. And yeah. that's why I said at the end of my review, I was like, this isn't good, but I am excited if they decide to continue in this direction that... They can really put a, a full budget into this type of game mm, and mm-hmm. make cool guns like that. Dive more into the <clears> RPG <throat> elements, kind of like they did with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which seems to be the way both their series are trending now. Um, you know, because I did like how they they separated certain bases and and battles by like white rank, blue rank, orange, mm-hmm. uh, purple rank, and then orange rank. One, two, three, four, whatever yeah. they called it. Yeah, yeah. And, and while it's simplistic in nature, I kind of expected that from a $40 title, but I feel like, yeah. oh man, if they did Far Cry 6 like this and really went in on some of these, we could see some really cool ideas come out of it. Also, I don't know about you, I, I saw a couple videos discussing the RPG mechanics and how they're going to be this unique thing, blah, blah, blah. There is nothing in that game. Yeah. That is RPG-like. You get some perks just like you got in Far Cry 5. Mm-hmm. There is fucking nothing in that game that I don't know why people were saying that. Because some people got to do previews and they were like, yeah, there's yeah, there's these changes. Me, I no, I it just them. floats the fucking number up. There's, there's nothing. It's like, take down level one, you can take down those level one guys. Take mm-hmm. down level two, you can take down those guys. Take down, or buy another weapon. Now you can have another weapon. Now you can... There's nothing about that that isn't Spider-Man. Uh, if we're going to pretend that every game where you're are somebody else is a role-playing game, fine. But that is not a role... There, There is no role-playing elements in that game. Okay. At all. Okay. And that was bullshit. I, I, People said it was. I think RPGs have become so diluted by, by terminology. <sighs> you know, it, yeah. like... like calling everything an rpg just as a buzzword i think mark because it has floating that. numbers I, yeah. was that why like how did they how did anybody yeah, people, even think people that people was... got to realize that's a game every game with like stat tracking and, and, and like upgrading of weapons that's not rpg that's not right playing right. that's just upgrading progression based gameplay you know that's that's yeah. not role playing though um, what did we like about it real quick before we move on yeah, i will yeah. say i like the um i love that your followers drive they don't drive well at all but i love that you'd get in the car and they'd be talking about their family life while mowing down innocence i Mm. don't know why i'm okay with that but they're like my dad used to beat me boom and they hit some poor fucking trader who's standing on the side of the road and i'm just like i i love that they can do it because i don't always want to drive i know that sounds weird Mm -hmm. but in a lot of games i'm like you know what sort of a fast travel option i used it in red dead uh two where you'd hold down the pressure button on the ps4 right. and he would ride his horse i dug that i actually i i, I, I like that they drive i like the uh the character writing in the game a lot i thought the game the, had a the good who character writing because i thought it had a good sense of humor at times oh okay um, and i know that sounds weird as i said earlier there was no depth but it was like the introduction to the side characters the guns for hire Oh, you mean the uh, roster? Yes, yeah, for sure. I think mm-hmm. they did a good job with that. That was probably my favorite part. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. like, 
you you meet this old lady and she talks about her body. I knew you know, she yeah, she looks like a yeah. grown him in the sun. Herc saying yeah. like you know, you, Herc gets knocked out and he goes, "Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good." You know, little little nods like that. Yep. I, I always appreciate. And I got don't we know one? Have, have I met you before? Yeah, you know, yeah Herc, of yeah, course, is exactly. Awesome. Yeah, Herc is funny. I think they did a good job with that stuff. And I always thought the gunplay in Far Cry was solid, and I was glad to see that, even with all these crazy, wacky-looking gun models and uh, and the saw launcher, that that all felt good. But I didn't have much positive things, honestly, to, to say about the game as a whole. I thought it was just a very middle, not even middle of the line, very below-average experience. Yeah, like, it just yeah, did everything agree. at an okay level. Okay, I will say no this ambitions. though, Maddie. You were talking about character. I did. I this is weird. I didn't like the main two characters, the BMX bandits protagonists. Yeah. Like they were the dumbest characters I've ever seen. But later, that character you meet, and and the connection with all the other games. I actually, it's not that I liked uh, the delivery or any. I just liked that there was they were connecting some stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to describe, and I had a hard time in the review describing it, where I said, I even said, you may be thinking, Carrick, why didn't you mention this in voice acting? It's because I didn't actually have a problem with their voice acting. It was I thought they the were well del- acted. Yeah. I, I thought they were well acted. It was just the story, I, I, and I liked the information that I was getting. I just didn't like writing almost. It was almost like a ba- an actor who shows up, and if I, if I tried to direct Robert De Niro he'd suck because I couldn't write Robert De Niro, right? Like, that's sort of what it was. And so I didn't hate the the two main, uh, Willie and, or I can't remember their Mickey names, Jamie. M- thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, I, it, but I like the roster. Though I still think somebody different writes the roster. I guarantee you I that, I think so, actually. because the roster had a that. sense of humor, like mm-hmm. a real satire attached to it, whereas... Um, when Mickey and Lou were on camera every time, you could tell someone who worked in theater wrote them because they kind of like, as they, as they did any scene together, they'd like cycle each other out. One would get in your oh, face. Oh yeah. As she was leaving, another one would pop in and get in your Pagan face. Pagan men rip offs. Yeah. Pagan men rip offs completely. Really? Yeah. Did you play for? Yes. But I, Tro- I, I don't, I don't want to say remember I don't anything. recall, but like, it's one of those things where it, so long ago, out one in one year, out the other, I didn't like it that much back then anyway, so... It was just the kind of character that's only there to push the mechanic of the game. Mm. And that's everything they did was, like you said, about theater, pushing the mechanic of the game, then they leave. Like, the best part... So you don't get kidnapped. That's a plus. Yeah. Because in 5, you got kidnapped all the fucking time. And, and in this one... <laughs> yeah, like, in, yeah you're chosen, in this one... So. They knock you out a lot. I will say that you get you get knocked out and kidnapped a couple times, or not kidnapped, but knocked out a couple times. But they did just leave you. Like there's one time where they just they have you. They have you. They yeah. Are, oh yeah. They have that. you. I remember and that. I'm just like and remembering that the starting when they had you, they tried to kill you. So I was like, oh shit, we're going to step step two. Like what's gonna happen? And then They're nothing. They literally do say see you, and they get in their throne in the back of a car. Like, some of the design was bad even in, like, that kind of stuff. It, yeah, dude, it was such... It could have been It could have been really fun. Mm. It could have been really fun. And, and especially that gun. Make it a, a, a toy factory with that uh, chainsaw gun. Yeah, dude. It, I, 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 I just think it's... They saw mm. Far Cry 5, one of the best-selling games last year, whether you liked it or hated it. Yeah. And, and this was just a quick way to really extend a little bit like i said i think they did a good job with a character from uh 
Far Cry, mm-hmm. but yep. other, otherwise... Yeah. I think we're talking about the same later yeah. on, right? Yeah. And, and then the roster connect... Okay, are we talking about the main character or the roster connected character? Uh, a, a character from Far Cry 5. Masked? Masked or unmasked? Unmasked. You're talking about uh, unmasked, okay. Yeah. So, um, the masked character, by the way, I don't... Maybe you didn't pick up on this, so remind me after the podcast to tell you. The masked character has a connection, a major one to five as well which I, I i thought was very cool gotcha gotcha, gotcha. if you pay if you if you listen to what they're saying um yeah. but yeah overall oh what do you think so you didn't so expeditions you weren't a fan of no. what about outposts just overall fluff okay because the scrap because the scavenging there just wasn't enough yeah, to, to, turn the game, to turn this game around and, and ship it in a year um and yeah. so they do things instead of just saying like hey let's make a 10-hour game here like a like a blood dragon or something and focus on two good ideas we've got they tried to like remake a full Far Cry game in this like very small open world space, and, very small, and make it like just as as rinse and repeaty as possible. They also By fucked up outposts and and like fucking I, I, eight side missions. Like, oh god! Man. I did the map. I did the math on the microtransactions, and they forgot to scale them for the smaller game. So when you get Far Cry coins from doing the the diamond right. jobs. Um, they, it's actually scaled for the much larger world of Far Cry 5, not oh, for this game. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I did the math, and I was like, oh, shit, because I, gra- I got some, and it was like nine. And mm-hmm. one of the guns is like, I don't remember, 400 or 200. 400, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, yeah, and I did the math, and I'm like, oh, fuck, they forgot, or they did it on purpose. Um, I'm going to go with option two. <laughs> it, probably. Uh, they did not do the math there, and so the gives are actually at the rate of... Far Cry's major world, right. not at this very small too. Like that fucking world's that fucking big, yeah. man. Especially with the nuked area that you can't go into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty <sighs> disappointing. Uh, yeah. And and does this continue? I'll ask you. With Crackdown Three, did you like Crackdown Three? I have enjoyed my time with Crackdown Three. Strangely enough, yeah. yeah my my rating for this game was probably one of the strangest I've had to give out because I was like at sixty dollars, <laughs> I was like no. But right. Game Pass exists, and you can get Game mm-hmm. Pass for a dollar. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if you own Game Pass, yeah, definitely download it. And if mm-hmm. you are looking into Game Pass, this is definitely a worthy one. I mm-hmm. don't agree with the fives, the sixes. I think yeah. it does exactly what Crackdown 1 did, and that was solid. It's yep. just very... I, I get PTSD of Mafia 3, big time. Because you know how Mafia 3 had sectors of the map carved out... Oh, okay. And you yes. repeat the same objective seven times, and then the lieutenant comes out, and he's like, I'm going to fucking stop you. And mm-hmm. then you take out the lieutenant, and it whittles away at the main power source of this whole entire issue. Yeah, it was exactly like that, and I can't stand that cookie-cutter approach to map design and mission design. It's very... Uh, it's for me. I get it, because as a developer, it's probably helpful with organization. It's formulaic. Right. It's reliable. It's steady. It, it helps piece together content and keep your ducks in a row. I get it. But as a player, it doesn't feel exciting to to do. Fortunately, a lot of the objectives are quick, though. I feel like, for example, the machinery part, I, I breeze through that in like 30 minutes to an hour and, and finish the boss for that sector. Um, but the, the bosses themselves, I thought, were not good. Uh, I don't know if you agree, but yeah. I, I have not. I've only played five hours. Oh, about, you have. About, well, about six hours now. And uh, it's not I that will long. say. It's a very short game. 
Oh, is it? Um, yeah. I will say the one thing that pissed me off is you can call it what you want, but it's a fake nemesis system. Yeah, I don't ever, I don't ever, ever want to. Yeah, I wanted to punch myself in the face because I was in the middle of the stream and I saw it and I was just because I played the multiplayer and multiplayer was I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the movement of the game and I love Crackdown 1. So I was all this kind of stuff was nowhere near the fives I was seeing. Like you said, the scores of fives. Yeah. And uh, I went in there and that nemesis opened up and my balls just shrunk, man. I was like, <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. But I am not a huge... I see people bringing that up. Every game in the world needs a nemesis system. It should be in racing games. It should be in... And I'm just like, guys, it works in that game. Mm -hmm. It will not work in every game. And while they didn't come and go or anything like the nemesis system, the fact of just seeing them pop up, when I saw the first one pop up and it's like, you need to collect data on getting the other one. I, was, I, I don't know what it was, but it that felt like a company that had been working on a game for a while and that the first game had come out and they saw the nemesis system were like that's cool it felt like old i don't yeah, like, like the, yeah like, yeah it's time it a, caught up it was an it. old time yeah 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 but i mean for for what it does like the the collectathon of orbs and gradually becoming more powerful and it felt good to play i, mm -hmm. I mean like yeah. it, it's it's very much popcorn flick, summer flick type video games. Like, it's just turn yep. off your brain and enjoy the fireworks and go crazy. Like, it's a game that, you know, if, you, if you're one of those people who plays online with your friends and you can't get engaged in that story game, you fire this up. You don't really got to pay attention to any shit that's yeah. going on. It's that type of game, which is why I say, like, if you're a Game Pass owner, yeah. But, like, if you are you got $60 clutched in your hand and you're, you're just waiting to spend it on something, like, yeah, not here. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, and I would say graphically, I liked it. I love the look of the yeah. of the world, and also music wise, I fucking dig that game. Really, the star. Yes, I didn't the say main that about theme. Far Cry. I should have mentioned that. I, I did like the. Music. Oh yeah, yeah, Far Cry's music is good, really isn't good. it? New yeah. Dawn. Yeah, that the especially the starting guitar slash string section mm -hmm. bit that they did. But no, the crackdown. I happened to leave it up while I was getting ready to stream, and that that just overall techno beat i was like oh man i really dig this i don't remember too much in the game because i have it turned down when i'm streaming gotcha. so i i'll listen to it more when i get a chance but is it good later on or does it play much uh, yeah it, it's, 3? it's it's very much a um uh, I, I consider it front loaded like the first five hours three hours you, oh you, I like, see. you know how you everything you pick up you you instantly have so you pick up a shotgun <laughs> yeah. and it's yours forever so you're, you're in the beginning you're like oh my god like 35 weapons holy shit, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be really enjoying this. So, you know, but then you realize after three hours, you have 15 of those weapons. You're like, oh, okay, gotcha. you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, I see what's going to okay. happen now. And you realize a couple of them are locked behind the shooting orbs. You're like, okay, so there's some there. So that means I probably got like 10 more to discover. And I still have like eight more sections of this map to go. So probably I'm going to be playing with the same things gunplay-wise for a while. So it's, it's front-loaded in that sense. Okay. Um, gotcha. I mean, it's in a different way. Where Mafia 3, like I compare it to a lot. Mafia 3 was story front-loaded. Like, the first 10 hours, oh, man. Yeah, and then it just Shit fell the fuck so apart. Good. And then afterwards, yeah. like, the open world hits you. You're like, oh, it's repetitive as fuck. Um, yeah. Sim similar thing here, except this one, I think a lot more players are going to be a, a little more chill about because it's shorter and because there is the multiplayer, which I think folks How, will dig. Would you say eight? Eight or, and remembering yeah, 15, that I took longer because I was just running around. Tops. It depends how much. Oh, like, that's fifteen. That's top, not bad. 20, it depends how much collecting you want to do, how much side content right. you want to engage in. Yeah, fifteen, fifteen to twenty. Like 
It's I, solid. I, I guess, love the orbs too, dude. Yeah, I love I collecting them. I, I guess the it's thing just... that that happens is a lot of people equate a long wait as the game has to be longer. I've seen this a lot with Kingdom Hearts three. Like, you know, yeah, wait right. Since twenty thirteen for that, and people are like, game was way too short for how long we waited because it's about thirty hours I beat it in. Um, and I'm like, but you got to realize the game pretty much got scrapped and redeveloped. Yeah, that's not how development works. Yeah, anymore. yeah. People need to realize that because the reason it was in development hell is not because they're like, let's pack this game full of content. It's because something wasn't working and they had to fix that. So adding shit got stalled probably. Um, and the same thing applies to Crackdown 3. And I want folks to know that because it's not this gargantuan, super long game. It's fun, but you're not going to get limitless content, which... We're seeing the industry trend that way again, which I like. I, you know, we don't need limitless. We we need truncated, condensed experiences with focus. I so I have a question important. then. So you have Forza, which you, I know you didn't get a chance to play, but you got Forza, which I would consider a top tier racer. Then you have State of Decay Two, which was fun but buggy. Then you have Sea of Probably Thieves, which now, was. You'd say, have you played it? Oh, it's much better. Yeah, we actually did a stream, and yeah, we had a good nice. time. Nice. Uh, and and the expansion was fun. Cool. Um, and then you've got Sea of Thieves, which looked gorgeous and then is now has done Bigger. a great job with adding does crackdown look like we're like it's the same kind of setup where we're we are gonna see i don't know what it would be a new city area mm. does it look like do you feel like because i also saw a ton of agents like yeah but there's that, no creative character really, there's like a ton. Yeah, the agent agent stuff reminds me of uh Oh my god, what was that game by Volition that you and I thought was going to could have been fucking Red amazing? Red Faction? No. Mars Turd? Uh, no. Um, uh, they made Oh my god, Saints Agents Row. of Mayhem. Yeah, Jesus. Very similar. I remember how oh. in Agents of Mayhem, I, I I think you'd switch characters and their abilities weren't that different. Yes. Okay, so dumb that down even more in Crackdown, you switch agents and you just get different XP multipliers or boosts, I should say. So one agent, oh, so those one little agent, things are all you get that when you highlight them, they say plus five to jumping or whatever. That's it. Like plus five percent uh, yeah. XP, plus ten percent mm. driving. Mm. That's all you get oh. based off what I've unlocked. Mm. And yeah, it's it's very disappointing because I thought to myself, oh man, like imagine if one agent has like a special melee combo that only they can do. Right. And one can jump the length, the height of a, a, a like a two story building compared to someone else. Man, that would be excellent because then. You have a situation where the game has some challenges, which I think is awesome. It's very arcadey in that sense. And maybe yeah. certain challenges can only be completed with those agents. It would, it would have been awesome. Um, what what I think they could add in, I, the game is very uh, sandboxy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say adding more weapons, adding okay. more vehicles, and adding more mission types into this space would be awesome for starters. Because uh, like I said, it is while rhythmic and and formulaic it is like a fun thing to play yeah it is fun it's just fun you know and and it doesn't offer the depth for i'd say 60 dollars is worth slapping down but like if you are a game pass subscriber it is a good addition to that library that is that is constantly growing and i'm just i'm talking about the exclusive section like yeah it's got a bunch of third-party games in there and stuff that's great right but when it comes to first-party stuff yeah it's not like sony level shit here but it's fun right and I think okay. once again, it, it's a another one that down the line will be that over the top thing. Like, oh, this game came out, it's amazing, and I can get this, 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 and now Crackdown Three is on that list too. That's it, how I look the at only it. thing that bothers me though, Maddie, is that it feels like Microsoft has not got to the level to where the first offering is at the level that Ubisoft has been doing. So Ubisoft also does this. Here's a game, and then a year later, 
Right. Rainbow Six Siege was a, whether you liked it or not, there was a solid amount of content when it came out. For Honor, ton of content when it came out. or a ton, There was a lot, at least. And then they updated them. Honor more than uh, Siege. Than Siege, maybe, yeah, because of the operator numbers. So you get these games where I think Ubisoft, I think Microsoft should take a little bit of a, like, an idea from Ubisoft and say, if we're going to do a crackdown, it needs to have more content day one so that people like remember it because sea of thieves only really became repopular not because of the patches because many had come out prior mm -hmm. it was because a couple twitch streamers were paid to stream it and then it became popular again because people saw them and i would love for it to become popular again because people are surprised that a somewhat meaty initial offering is getting more which i think ubisoft just does a better yeah, job at. And, and we kind of see that with nintendo as we as we kind of discussed yeah. earlier so yeah i, I agree with that I'd, I'd love to see that kind of happen with one of these microsoft games i think you know stated i guess Forza. is is a little i wouldn't call it meaty because it, it is a small once again that's like a 20 30 hour game i'd say um and and, and they add on to it with the new expansion so it is a little bit bigger but yeah Forza is probably a good example of like this is a big game yeah, um, yeah, but like, here's the thing, man. Not everyone's in, into driving and, and racing and stuff. Exactly, and, and they need, and to not play. a lot of people are into fucking zombies, dude. Yeah. I found that out the hard yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And so it's like they need to have like a nice open world game with like a strong story, yeah, do well, and then build off of that. Microsoft is probably the one company I actually feel would probably put enough work behind a Star Wars or a um, Marvel game. Oh. With like an online game where I actually feel like Microsoft would be like, holy fuck, we need to make this, you know, like a Spider-Man, but with multiple characters. Or, you know, I just don't think, I don't think we'll see it. They don't, it doesn't look like Phil Spencer's into that. But I do feel that they have the money to actually do it. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't think we'll see it from them, unfortunately. I would love to see somebody else handle problems, yeah. but that's and a whole last other conversation. is Metro. Let's hear it. Yeah, so it, so... I'll just say that a patch came out today and seems to have borked a bunch of shit, yes. unfortunately. Um, where people, like some people in the Discord and on Twitch were streaming it, and I was watching them. Totally smooth. Other people having tons of FPS issues and jank. So I don't know what's going on there. That was this morning. But at least what I played, uh, phenomenal. Really interesting title and a, a typical Metro title where everything's slower. So when you come from Apex into that, oh. holy shit, dude. Like, reloading a weapon in that, you're all, please, would you reload the fucking thing? <laughs> you're just like, my God, because you're so accustomed to, even Far Cry, where, like, re reloading that assault rifle, yeah. you just are like, chicka, chicka, and then you put, you can tell he's, like, supposedly putting the other one away. That, man, mm -hmm. Metro ain't like that. Metro's, like, cocking the pneumatic gun or BB gun, yeah, you know? Yeah, I remember right? from the demo. Yeah, so there's that. There's some AI issues, some clipping issues, but overall... I thought it was I thought it was a really solid game, really enjoyable. It is a different style game and man, way different than Far Cry in its cutscenes. Hmm. These are like they told them to say they, they it's almost like they said, "Here's what we want you to get to the player, do it your own way." And so you have these cutscenes hmm. that are very and very heavy on narrative, but also very heavy on diegetic stuff. Like, you know, li people listening to a radio and then talking about it in a major cutscene. There's, it's a weird feeling. And some people have loved it, and some people have absolutely hated it. I, I liked it. But I, I get why people didn't. 
I, because there were times where I'm like, holy shit. And I think I even said in the review, people who expect a boom, 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 boom experience, you're going to have to skip a, you're going to have to skip a cutscene or two because that's not the way the game goes right. at all. But graphically looks really good. Um, performance on the consoles was good for me, but again, there's some issues with this patch. I think they borked it. Um, we've, had bad patches before, so hopefully that gets fixed. But yeah, it was fun. I mean, have you played the Metro Last Light and Yeah. Yeah. Twenty thirty three? Um oh you're oh it's the slow thing. Remember you played this? Um where'd you play this? You played E3. Exodus somewhere. Uh the slow thing is definitely there. Okay. It, it it it's not to the level that I'm I'm thinking that you were worried about, but it is absolutely again, you have to ignore Apex, but if you look at Far Cry which was the only ex- comparison I had because I was playing both at the same time, what you experienced is for sure occurring. There is a slowness. He is not... You can't slide. I don't know about you, but now that I've played Apex, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to slide, slide in every fucking... All the so time. did I. Oh. And he wouldn't... He, remember, he pauses, and then, like... Yeah, and yeah, then, he, like, stops what in the dirt. Is, it yeah, what is that, with that I, I put out a tweet, and I was like, <laughs> I can't be the only one dying from fall damage in, in, after Apex, bro. Oh, I am yeah, jumping off yeah. of fucking cliffs everywhere. I'm like, I'm yep. fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I land, and I die. I'm like, why did I die? Oh, right. Yeah, and dude, it, it flash up the X for the parachute, and I would be like, A, because I would think I was just going to slide somewhere, and I would crash mm-hmm. into the rocks. I jumped off multiple things in Far Cry. Metro, there's a little less ability to do that because of the open world. I think the open world's cool. cool. The way they do it is like, here's a mini Fallout, here's a mini Fallout, here's a mini Fallout, and you go to one place, you do your missions, nice. very organic side missions, are really fun, organic. Like, the one of the best parts is you'll be talking to a dude, and instead of highlighting shit, He'll say, see that crane over there? And you have to literally get your binoculars and find what he's talking about. Because he's, he's still talking. Uh. He's not waiting for you. He's like, see that crane over there? Yeah, that's where there's some bandits, blah, 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 blah. And so you're like, fuck, I got to get my, you know, I got to find out where he's talking. Because then he'll go and see the building to the northeast. Uh, and then you have going. to, uh, wow. yeah, he'll just keep going. You have to be like, what the fuck? And then those are on your, your map section. Also, I would tell people, start it on the hardest difficulty. Without a shadow of a doubt. Do not wow. start it on um, easy. You will not be happy. The AI on easy is... Yeah, Metro's it, notoriously struggled with AI. And it's yeah, dude. In the past. They're just like this. The entire time yeah. you walk up to them and you're like, what's happening? And then like, they Hello. see you. Yeah, and, and on medium, they get pretty normal. Still make some mistakes. There's definitely some graphical issues that can occur. They can walk across a building that isn't there. I saw. I put that in my review. There was a couple dudes just floating in the air. Andromeda is what it reminded me of, because I had that all the time in Mass Effect. And then uh, you put it on hardcore, though, and dude, uh, I will say this. It did what Red Dead 2 did not, and this is a pretty strong statement, but Red Dead 2 never made me want to clean my weapons. It just didn't impact my game. Mm -hmm. I never worried about eating. I was probably the most emaciated, dirty Arthur there was in the game. I didn't worry about showering. I was just like, it's not making an effect. But in this game... You do have to clean your weapons, and if you raise the difficulty, the number of repair stations out and about goes down. And cool. that really did make it so it was like on the hardcore, you had to basically truck back to your train. And I, that's the way the game's set up. It is survival first, shooter second. It, it's absolutely something that people should pick up on if they're going to play nice. it. Yeah, so interesting game. Not a blockbuster, okay. but, but good. All right. 
now we've got some news after those long discussions. We'll start off with Warhorse. Uh, THQ Nordic at it again. They have acquired another <laughs> studio. This time it is in the shape of Warhorse Studios, who worked on Kingdom Come Deliverance. This comes on the one-year anniversary of Kingdom Come Deliverance, where they announced Does 2 million it? copies sold. Yes, it was. So, oh, yeah, Happy one year to that game. Um, what, what do you think about this? Because as far as I, it goes for me, I like the acquisitions they're making, like, uh, for example, Warhorse. I like them getting Kings of Amalur. I think that's exciting. Uh, but they're one example so far of their work. Like, for example, Darksiders 3, I did not like. Right. I did not exactly. think that was a good game. I know that the budget was small, and I know that there was a story that came out afterwards saying they met internal expectations, like the game broke even. Um, they didn't say, like, it, the game did well. They just said it, it pretty much broke even. Um, so I don't know how I feel about a company like that having Warhorse. Who, who was very experimental with Kingdom Come Deliverance and I think brought some really good ideas to the table, um, kind of having their their hands in the pocket. Uh, but overall, I'm happy that some hardworking folks are going to have a little more job security. What do you think about this? Um, I, do, I do think people need to remember that Nordic is owned by two um, publicly trading investors. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why they said what they said was to raise the uh, the price of the company stock, so it it's that's if that was me or you, let's say, and we weren't private investors, there's a very good chance we wouldn't have said if Darksiders broke even. So it's I know some people are like, oh man, I appreciate their transparency, and it's like actually that's sort of normal for what a like a you know an investor would say, especially a big investor like the people who run Nordic. It's two brothers who are multi billionaires. Um, <laughs> That being said, I agree with you that I don't like the one bit of output I've seen from them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know from what I played of Dark Siders, and when I beat that, I did not feel like their QA was amazing. And I'm very nervous yeah. because the QA for Kingdom Come was shit already. Yeah. So Microsoft can't. Microsoft has issues, right? And Obsidian does. And or sorry, Microsoft, yes, Microsoft has issues, but they got a bu bunch of money. Obsidian has issues with QA, and I worry about these companies coming together and I hope that they say, "Okay, we want QA to be increased." Piranha Games has issues. Uh a lot of these companies have QA issues, and I think Kingdom Come Deliverance does, uh, the developers. And I'm nervous that they're not joining up with the right team to look at that weakness and say, okay, we need to, this is the one place we need to fix this, instead of just saying, look, it did well, we'll just do another one. And yeah, I'm not 100% like sure I want another one. That's where they're looking. Me too. Because, like, they're just still doing DLC for it. I think Band of Bastards came out last week. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I said that I feel like with the investments that are going to be in it, it's not going to be for more DLC because 95% of its Steam base dropped off after a couple of months. So I, I personally feel like Kingdom Come is their their next step is let's do a sequel. And so, yeah, me for, too. For dude. that, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not upset about that. I really I really did like Kingdom Come Deliverance. I think yeah, it was buggy at launch. Um, I hated that lock picking game, but I thought uh, <laughs> I, I really liked the survival to it. I love the fast travel. I love the art. Um. I love the combat, especially. I thought that was super unique. I thought that was very fun, um, and it, it is a you know a testament that Kickstarter games don't always suck. That was another thing. Um, it came oh, out, true. Came out and it was not bad. I thought it was yeah. a good game. 
Um, and that's great to see. So, you know, overall, um, I don't hate that they'll be around to make another game. Not that you do, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's all right. I know but, what you meant. But, you know, I, I, I do have my concerns. For sure. And it's it's more so for me. It's it's buried in the the, the Dark Siders three aspect. I I feel yeah. I feel that game was not good. Um, that was a game. I'm pretty sure. I I think I outright said just pass on because yeah. I we, think I said deep deep sale, and you said pass completely yeah, because the the loading screens and that. I was talking about Jump Force. I mean that <laughs> game was was so. Oof. And they lied. They fucking I like sorry, but their PR lied when they were like open world bull fucking yeah, shit. No, that game locked that was like you Dark off. Souls. Of, Right, right. Dark Souls type of open world, you know? Yeah, where it's like you can't even go somewhere without a special this or a special that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm just worried about the QA more than anything. I love I love what they did. I just think it was really buggy. And um, that's – I'm sometimes you're nervous. It's almost like, you know, your best friend who's emotional gets with somebody who's emotional and you're a lo- ner- little nervous about the relationship. Mm, like, yeah. Uh-oh, right? There's a lot of drama there. Yeah, you know, it's going to be like days bad. of our lives. <laughs> And yeah, that's the way. That's sort of when I look at it, I'm like, mm, man, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I, I I hope it's not like that. But Darksiders didn't make me feel like, yeah, we're for sure in the in the green here. I'm a little well, nervous about it. What also worries me is I remember in that same report, they referred to Darksiders as a key IP. Yeah, and that was to me. I should have mentioned this early, but that to me was the strongest point of uh oh because. If that is how you approach a key IP, I don't know if Kingdom Come Deliverance, it should be treated as a key IP, I feel. I mean, sold two million copies and was very much like niche, but mm-hmm. uh, I digress. I feel like if that's how you're going to treat your key IP, where you know there, there really wasn't great PR, um, it didn't feel like there was a lot of investment on the product, uh, it, it was definitely not ready to go when it did, and it released at a horrible time. So the fact that yeah. it broke even is actually pretty insane. Yeah, for sure. Um, if that's how you're going to treat that, though, then how are you going to treat games that I, I do care more about uh, series-wise, like a Kingdom Come Deliverance? That you don't consider, or that they don't consider a key IP. Yeah, right. It's like, okay, yeah. if that's not a key IP, then then what is that to them, right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, what's good about that news, though, is I, I imagine we're going to probably get a Darksiders 4, and maybe they'll, they'll try to dump more into it, kind of like how they did 1, safe, 2, went big, 3, yeah. safe, maybe 4, go big. I hope, at least. And Kingdom Come, uh, Kingdom Come, regardless of anything I'm saying right now, they have the easily the most successful and most fucking stunningly good DLC I think I've ever seen for a game. Like, really? those guys release DLC a lot. It's substantial. And that, to me, is probably the number one thing that's really surprised me with that. Like, every time I talk to Rick, the guy that we had on the podcast, like, Rick. he's always like, he's always like, dude, we got, like, there's... They really have been nailing the amount, whether it's good or not, I don't know because I haven't really got a check. I, from people I've talked to, they've liked it. But mm. it just seems like a good release schedule. They've been late once, I think. But yeah, um, yeah man, I, hopefully that's where, hopefully maybe that's where Nordic steps in and Nordic's like, okay, we're going to give you the money to make sure that whatever you do next is right on time. Mm. And, you know, has whatever support you guys need. And deep, yeah. I'm going to be honest, Deep Silver's PR is, or not Deep Silver, uh, Darksiders, who was that? Nordic, but they used somebody else. I didn't think their PR was very good for Darksiders. I don't think we saw any... Yeah, please do. I don't think we saw any real good communication on that. If I remember right, it was like there was some issues with codes. Um, 
it was sort of it was sort of a clumsy. It's just saying. Uh, I just didn't know if it was like there was a co-publisher or anything. Is it's it just, just them? THQ. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, you get that with some PR for sure. I've had it with Deep Silver too. So, this last one was good. Metro was fine, but yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for them, man. I mean, average like a seven across the board, pretty much. What did Darksiders? Uh, Darksiders, yeah. Yeah. 73 I would... out of 100, 69, 64, 7 out of 10, 62 out of 100. About, about exactly what I'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Which sucks because it... 2 was awesome. Yeah. See, that's. I don't know how much of the reviews for Darksiders 3 were on the n- nostalgia of 2 because mm-hmm. the people I talked to who liked 3 quickly soured on it. So that's what I think is interesting. Like you said, you were like, don't, you know, it. Right, I mean, it's just not really worth it. Um, I liked it a tiny bit more. But the people I know who really were like, man, I'm really liking Darksiders 3, quite literally the next day in Discord, they were talking about another game. And it was like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they're like, dude, it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So that worries me. I agree. Uh, last on the list is the Activision story. So, a lot of people talked about the layoffs with Activision. Uh, Heart goes out to those who were affected by those. But a uh, little spin on the story here. We know what happened <laughs> with, with Activision. We know their, you know their CEO is clearly a, a fucking scumbag. But uh, what's interesting here is an article from PC Gamer came up. Um, and it says, Ubisoft reports strong po- profits does not fire 800 people. <laughs> so in an earning call, uh, Ubisoft CEO reported that the company had a very strong third quarter, and in a shocking twist of events, the publisher is not laying off 800 people. Um, now, Jason Schreier had taken this headline and put out a tweet saying headlines like these are cute and all, but this piece doesn't tell the whole story. Ubisoft can grow and avoid layoffs because it gets many millions in tax credits from Canada. Yeah, only way uh, only way workers can actually fight for stability and leverage is to organize. Now, I thought, wait, Activision has Beanox. Beanox is definitely located in Canada. So I asked him. I said, Beanox is a non-factor. I don't really follow. And Jason said, Beanox isn't relevant to this. Ubisoft has a massive presence in Montreal and Quebec in large part because it has a deal with the Canadian government to keep X people employed in exchange for Y millions of dollars in tax credits. This is a Ubisoft specific thing, which to me, I I said to him, it sounds like a a matter of presence plus the deal. Um, Now there were some people responding saying, uh, uh, actually this one guy posted an article that headlines Canada's video game industry welcomes federal government commitment on high skilled foreign workers um, he said that Ubisoft could easily fire 800 people in business units around the world provided they didn't need them um, and he said it's not because he posted another article that headlines Electronic Arts planning to invest 500 million dollars in Quebec's video game industry over 10 years um, so Let's see here. It says the majority of Ubisoft's most expensive workforce is actually not based abroad in Canada. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure entirely, but it's just food for thought to add on to the conversation here. More so that we saw Activision report record earnings 
and fire 800 people, and we're seeing Ubisoft report strong profits and not laying off 800 people. So what gives? What is the difference here? Uh, the one thing that Activision did say in their announcement was that um, uh, many of these are not in game development. They're in the uh, they're, they're in the accessory area, like esports and stuff. I will say that I do agree with some of that because I can't remember which game it was, but there was like five influencer managers for just one me on one of these titles. Right. And I, I think they're so when a, analysts inside of a company decide, oh, the next big thing is esports or something like that, they prepare for that. They decide that's where they're going to grow and where they're going to do things. And what it does sound like is Activision has looked at the and this is coming from somebody who's been laid off for this very reason. So I'm not making excuses for anybody. I was laid off for the identical reason. Mm-hmm. And um, it does happen. It is business. So, like, let's say you decide esports isn't your thing, then you you have people whose skills are not in development. Their skills are in esports. Their skills are in PR for esports. They're not. They don't. And if you don't have, if you're not moving forward for that, you you. A lot of people just want every. They want almost a socialism or a com. You know, like not a communism, but they want like a leveling playing field. It's like okay, you for sure hold on to those people, and it's like that's not really how business works. Um, unfortunately, and like I said, I was laid off for this very reason because the, the entire thing moved a different route and that's mm-hmm. not where my skills were. Uh, it sucks. And I'm sure it wasn't all that those people, it sucks because they said they did really well and then laid off. Like that's the timing thing, right? Like that's the, they, they didn't explain why they were laying these just, and they don't I guess have to. the idea. I get where you're coming from. My train of thought as someone who's not worked in that field or had that experience is how do you report record earnings, give your CEO a huge bonus, and then lay off these folks, even if they aren't, I put this in quotes, like necessary to keep around. Like, that's, so do you... that's what I don't necessarily understand personally when I look at this is I get it. Like if the money comes in, it probably goes other ways, not just straight to that one department. But if they are reporting like, hey, we're doing really well what's what's the benefit in trimming off fat if they're doing well with those workers already there? Or do they just stand to gain more by getting rid of them because they view them as unnecessary as a business and and now they can take more money for themselves, like the CEO? That, or, uh, well, the C, so the CEO, usually CEO bonuses are not tied to the company proper. That's a, something that I don't know exactly if almost anybody realizes. So the $12 million isn't stolen from the pockets of Carrick if I work for him. That's not how it works. Um, so different divisions have different amounts of money. Admin division has a certain amount. Fiduciary has an amount. Uh, you know, development has an amount. And they all. We. This is why when we talk about like if this developer goes down and disappears, this one isn't affected. So you have to take the same exact you know I, I explanation of that and understand that that's the way CEO bonuses are done. Right. Also, CEO bonuses many times are done on the idea of future profits. So the money is almost like a the the bonus is almost like a bank account. So it's not it, it, a lot of times it's like yes it is this money but it's 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 the idea is that CEO will bring in more than that. So this is sort of this this is we think his expertise level is this. It's a signing bonus for a superstar at a fo- at a, on a football right. team. It's identical. Um, but you still fire sometimes your assistant coaches. It sucks. And it probably doesn't make full sense because I'm certainly not saying they're not greedy. 
Um, but I think that when you look at it, it makes more sense than people are assuming, mm -hmm. but probably less sense than it should, if that makes sense. I get it. Um, yeah, and it, it sucks. It fucking, it sucks. But the thing is, is a lot of companies choose to go a different route. Microsoft, remember, Microsoft has done this. People, like, always forget Microsoft's destroyed entire divisions, including their phone division, which was massive. Windows Phone, and they were like, whoops, not working. And those guys were gone. They were. I have friends, I have people in the Discord who worked for them who were gone because of that. Because Microsoft chose to go a different route. But it didn't stop Microsoft from then hiring somebody and giving them a bonus because that's not, they're not connected. It's like they're, separate budgets for each division. They're separate budgets, much? yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, and especially myself, I worked uh, with a budget, and I'm sure I can say this, um, but we were with a budget of multi, you know, a couple million. Mm -hmm. And that did not stop another smaller group from needing money in any way, shape, or form, because you weren't even allowed. In fact, there's many laws that in some places will stop you from taking the money from this one and moving it to there. In fact, one of the biggest people who's known to have done this is, uh, what's his name from Borderlands, who got in all Randy. the trouble? Randy? Yeah. Right. Randy was set with Alien Isolation, moving money. Uh, Dennis Dyack, who made Two Human uh, for the Xbox, and he also made Eternal uh, Darkness for the N64, he, he got in trouble for moving money from one development group to another. So, because contracts are signed for specific groups. I honestly think a lot of this is probably Activision also just cutting fat because things didn't work with Division to, uh, with uh, Destiny 2. I honestly do believe a lot of this ah. is because they exploded. You build up, right? You're like, dude, Destiny's going to be, we're going to have fucking eSports Destiny championships or whatever. And you hire Maddie to handle fucking YouTubers. You hire blah, blah, blah. And then that doesn't work out. Even if and, Destiny still lives on, but they're under Activision. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And then you look at, like, Maddie, and you're all, okay, he's got skills for fucking, you know, these games and esports and, and uh, presence here and there. Can we move him? Because one thing people forget is that companies don't want to just fire somebody if they got experience. You want to keep those. It's very important that you do. In fact, I'm usually against firing somebody if they've gotten trouble. Like somebody, like a fist fight, for example. Like I've seen that happen at work, and I've been one of the people that advocates for training the person to not beat each other up. But you don't want to lose the experience of the person because they bring in a shit ton of experience. So everybody, you always look and go, God, do we really want to lose this person? Do we want to lose this person? But a lot of times you're like, dude, if we keep them, there's quite literally nothing for them to do. So then you decide, do you retrain? And then you also say, do we need a second person? If whatever we retrained them on, do we need them in this other place? And sadly enough, Activision's money that they're taking in is apparently going somewhere else. And I don't know where it's going because they, they did say record earnings. I just don't know where the earnings are coming from. Is it Black Ops? Because didn't Black, Black Ops just Ops today? Sold better than Call of Duty Black Ops 3. I know okay. it's like the best-selling console game, or one of the. Uh, and did you hear that they, because of lack of players, just today they patched out a couple modes? Did you hear about that? No. Yeah, that was wow. that was on uh, Reddit this morning. I enjoyed Black Ops 4, but that game was very strange with how it was handled. Um, yeah, it was. And it was short-lived. Like, even you were telling me. You were like, dude, I'm loving this. And then I didn't hear you talk about it anymore. Because like, was... they didn't do stuff like League Play. Like, that got delayed, like, four times. Uh, mm. Really strange. Um, what else was there? They they announced Crash Bandicoot had $10 million, And I imagine Spyro was pretty generous to them. $10 so, million sales? sales? Yeah, crazy. For Spyro? 
for for uh what's his face for uh, crash. crash sorry crash in that's a lot of sales for just pure single player like no microtransactions nothing just pure 10 million sales that's crazy to me yeah um, i mean from the outside i certainly agree with everybody i it's just that i think some of them make total sense a lot of them don't it sucks yeah it's, it's, it's awful just no matter that what it's awful no matter what, yeah. And as somebody who, like, I had my family who was like, dude, it sucks you got laid off, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you do look at a company, and if they're not going your route. You just know uh, it's, from what I, from my perspective, I feel it's awful. I don't like it. I wish there was a way to stop it. I hope that there is a way for people to maintain jobs at least longer or, or to give warning if there's yes. going to be a mass layoff and that it's not just rumors that they read online. It's like exactly. a player on a baseball team. You're reading that they're, <laughs> you're going to get traded and you, you, right. you don't know if it's true or not. And no one's telling you what's going on. And that affects your performance because exactly. you're stressed. You exactly. Know, yeah. And I yeah. think that's stuff that needs to be put into play. But I get I feel I can personally understand if a if I am getting laid off and it's a business thing, it, you hate it. It fucking sucks. But at the end of the day, you know, a business's number one goal is why I tell people when they and they love games and they enjoy the games from companies. Don't get attached to the company. Don't get never attached get to the product, attached to the company because they'll do the number one thing every fucking time, which is make sure their bottom line is as high as possible and yeah. make sure that they are spending money in the right areas because they are a business and that that is like their objective every time it sucks but you're gonna see even cd project Red, i'd say one of the most loved companies right now they will make a business decision down the line that will piss folks off it will well, look at happen. what's going on internally with them where you have all these people reporting sexual harassment and all this shit internally too and i'm just waiting for that moment where the outrage not in a bad way but the the people who get outraged look at them and now we're all talking about you know let's tear down cd project red which i don't believe should happen but there's certainly a lot of what sounds like substantial claims coming from them too yeah it sucks dude i mean there's no the thing is is i'm just looking from the outside as somebody who's who's been in the position Mm -hmm. but like it it sucks and then what bad timing to be like okay we're gonna pay this person 12 million and there's no other way to read that right there's no other way to read it other than that's a money grabbing and we all hate activision yeah, I, was I fucking say Activision's working against themselves with that time. Yeah. Oh, dude, and like that's why it's good that you tell people that, like, to not trust companies because a company is not technically trustworthy. They're, yeah, I think trustworthy is where you know trust is cost without return. To me, if I trust somebody, it means I trust them to do something for me without anything for themselves. At times, no company, guys, no company's doing that. That's not what a company is for. They're just not, they don't. I mean, every decision that we see, even if it sounds pro-consumer, is simply because they feel that they can fit into a niche that is pro-consumer and make more money than the typical choices. Right. And, oh, by the way, before we go, did you see that uh, Bethesda, did you see the hirings that happened last week? Bethesda and uh, the guys who do Dishonored both hired three employees uh, whose expertise is 100% monetization. Yeah. I saw a leak on Reddit that had a thing for the PS Store called Bethesda Forever, and it was 20 bucks a month. There was no details on it. And my guess is it's going to be a thing announced at E3 that probably 20 bucks a month access to all Bethesda games and that's probably 
part of Bethesda's solution to get people in on Fallout 76, uh, but also access to a game that they're excited for, like a Doom or a Rage 2. I'm mad because you liked Dishonored uh, Death, Death of the, the Outsider. Outsider. I love that game. And uh, it's sort of like a Far Cry Primal where it's a side game. Yeah. And, um, but a side I, game done right. <laughs> but a side game done right. I, I wish... I would have liked to have seen them not hired a monetization expert because that, uh-huh. to me, feels like the the reaction, which we know was not good uh, sales-wise to Dishonored 2. Prey, as well, which mm-hmm. fucking stunt... That's why I always tell people good, good ratings do not mean good sales. They, yeah. in no way, shape, or form... And bad ratings do not mean bad... We have now, in the last three years, seen oh, so many... Great, great sales, you know that. <laughs> State of Decay, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves got destroyed when it uh-huh. first came out. Yeah, dude, it's... And that's all company stuff. Just don't fucking trust them. Just don't. And what I always say is follow the employees you like at these companies. If they're being laid off, follow them, because they'll be on Patron. They'll be on... Uh, they'll make a development team. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, like, go to another company. Follow the people, not the, um, not the company. Because I just think that's going to burn you in the long run. And I, I love, that's what I love about the industry, though, is like when this news started circulating, people from like all companies were posting yeah. job listings. And I think that's encouraging. I don't know if that means that yeah. person's going to get hired, but I think that's really, really good. Yeah. Even oh, if, dude, it's, even it's if awesome. Some companies do it for PR. I think it's just a good oh. gesture. Yeah, I never thought. Yeah, I mean, because like you That's said, you said pretty that cynical, but for I, sure, I know, I know some people have the standpoint of like, if you work in, for example, communications, you're still right. a game dev because you worked as a part of the team. And I get that. I I personally agree with that. But I know like some of those listings are for like an, a guy who does like IT. And yeah. it's like the people who got laid off from Activision, you, you mentioned like esports, yeah, management. admin, ad- administration. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, that, that's awful. But it's like how many spots are available for that at? Bethesda will say, right? And, yeah, and that's what really stinks for those folks, and that's why my heart goes out to them, man. It, it's and that's why I hope those that those are the kind of people though that could help a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Those people that don't get hired instantly that handle, let's say, so right now I think we the saw typical that with, like Ken Levine's team, like when everyone just got wiped <laughs> off, they they uh, went and did their went, own. A lot of t- indie teams were formed off of that whole two K part gang completely wiped out and. And what I'm hoping for is or that the people that we, we don't normally get hired get hired to these uh, Kickstarters and stuff because, for example, a lot of Kickstarters fail. Right. And they fail because somebody from a financial team is not working for them. It's Joe, Bob, and Maddie, and Carrick making mm-hmm. a game, and none of us know what the fuck we're doing when it comes to finances or HR. Currently, I think HR is like one HR staff member for 10 employees, if I remember right. Right. So if those people if 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 i was running a kickstarter i'd be like who go- who's good working at activision that handles finances man and let's mm. get them involved day 1 instead of like trying to go outside the industry for a non-gaming financial you know analyst to help you with your patron get somebody or help you with your kickstarter get somebody from it within the industry who knows what the fuck they're talking about right. and that's why i'm hoping that those guys too start to see that i think they will because dude there was a lot of people saying like hey man we're looking for you know we have we have spots open or we have you know this and that and so i mean 800 sounds like a lot but there's a lot of developers too so my hope is you know ubisoft microsoft mm-hmm. microsoft hiring a bunch of people yeah. I mean, I, I would really, love really to see. So. Yeah. yeah, so do I. Yeah, it would suck to see anybody go just because of, like, 
a company switching their focus, which obviously they are. All right. Well, best of luck to those who, who have yeah. lost their job, and, and we hope they do land on their feet. Um, and as always, Carrick, thank you for a wonderful episode. Yeah, it was a blast. That was, was long. That, yeah, it was. It was two hours, six minutes right now. So <laughs> You're streaming, right? Uh, yeah, after after every podcast recorded, I do stream. So excellent, that'll be a good time. I don't know. What are you I'm gonna playing, do? I, I don't know if I'm playing Metro or Apex yet. I, I, Cowboy and I were playing planning on Apex, but then I saw him tweet out he was having issues with his stream. So if he is, I doubt he'll want to play Apex. So if not, then I will start Metro. So cool. We'll see. And FYI, Apex's servers were down for like the first five hours today. Ooh. There's and there were issues yesterday. We stopped playing, so we had horrendous problems after a patch that they released okay. you could try anthem you could try anthem i don't have a code for anthem oh <laughs> you, you forgot EA, well no EA premiere Bo- five bucks oh five bucks for or ea basic still gives you it early for 10 hours oh. for five bucks mm. hmm. five bucks baby maybe that's a that's that's a rental <laughs> that's no, a wait for bad. sale wait for a deep deep sale <laughs> all right well we'll see Uh, Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed episode 190 of the Ham Radio Podcast, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.